Brother Jared Atkins. I'm Brother Todd Whaley. Coming to you live from Bethlehem Lodge number 574 in beautiful Bird's Eye, Indiana. And Todd has got his revenge on me now. <laughs> yes, I have. A call back to last season when I interviewed Brother Michael Neely where Todd wanted to know who the guest on the show was and I wouldn't tell him. Well, Todd has been bragging all weekend when we start season three. We got a mystery guest waiting in the wings and he will not tell me who it is. So now Todd has a guest on the phone. And he's smiling. Yes, I am. So, Todd, I'm gonna at this point. I don't even know how to start, other than I'm just gonna let you take over, well, and I'm gonna see who it. You asked if this guy was a, a Mason from Indiana. I said no. No, he's not a Mason from Indiana. He said, "Is he famous? A famous Mason?" I said, "Well, some circles he might be well known." And we done ran through. It's not Shaq. Nope. It's not Brad Paisley. Nope. It's not Tyler Childers. Nope. It's not Stony Larue. Uh-uh. It's not Brother Fluff. Nope. I'm running out of ideas. All right. Uh, brother, won't you introduce yourself to uh, our, our our audience here? Hello, hello, it's Brock from At Refreshment. Confirmed. Confirmed. You sneaky, slimy jerk. <laughs> he just texted us. Did he? Like he just texted me like Friday, and I was like, Todd and I are going to talk about the logo, and you <laughs> yeah. pulled this out from underneath me. <laughs> yeah, I did. I was getting ready to go to the lodge at Eckerdy, and I'm like, you know what? I cool. Need, I need one more interview, so I called. I called Brock. Brock what's <laughs> up, bro? Hello, hello. Yeah, we can hear you just fine, Brock. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Wow. This is nice job, Todd. <laughs> I'm not as famous uh, as Brad Paisley, unfortunately, man, no. or Shaq, uh, dude. We've been trying to get Shaq on for years. So. <laughs> You're definitely better looking, though. <laughs> Maybe. In some circles, yeah. <laughs> so, so let's let's think about this. Yeah. We've had Wes. Yep. Now we've got Brock. Yep. So all we need is Marty, Mark, Yoshi. Mark, and Yoshi. And yeah, uh, yeah, it's most likely good to get them as a pair too. Yeah, it's true. Yoshi and Marty. <laughs> <laughs> cool guy approved. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm just I'm tickled <laughs> to death right here. So. This is super fantastic. So I'm well, it's good because I was hopefully hoping you were going to be let down, man. That it was me as a surprise guest. I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm too much of a surprise. <laughs> well, you were it's Brock, dude. Like another one of the goats. We're just going to knock all the goats off the list eventually. <laughs> Might as well, uh, Brock. So here we go. So why don't you you listen to the show as much as Wes does? So you know how kind of. Love your guys' show, Todd. Thank you, thank you. Well, I appreciate that. Todd and I suck, but we <laughs> we kind of have a format. But yeah, so you know how we start this. So uh, how and why did you get involved in Freemasonry? Um, the how uh, could go in like two different stories, I guess. Um, first of all, like my very first hearing of Freemasonry was um, I was working as a graphic designer. And I was doing a lot of logos and uh, stuff like that for a lot of businesses around the community. And um, my boss kind of told me, like, hey, um, when you're designing logos, there's certain intention and certain things that you want to use when you're doing uh, logos and forming a business and that kind of stuff. So I didn't kind of understand at first. But uh, so if somebody's name is, uh, I don't even know of a good name off a reference, but you can kind of come up with something and be like, all right, well, that is uh, a triangle. So we can use this triangle. Like, oh, what is your like, first stone color? Blah, blah, blah. So you build a logo uh, based off of somebody's business and corporate idea. Like, uh, 
you know, Sirius XM, they have like the dog with the star as the right. Eye. Well, that's like Sirius is the, called the dog star, so right. it's like kind of like a little pun or whatever, you know. And they're like using airwaves and blah blah blah. So uh, the cool thing is uh, with like doing logos is uh, I discovered symbolism and masonry and uh, just the cool different types of stuff that you know that kind of go into a logo into branding and all that stuff so uh once i started kind of uh reading the books and uh looking into the more historical stuff i seen more and more like masonic symbolism or certain certain stuff like that and it just kind of piqued my curiosity and i'd say this is probably like 2009 maybe Okay. And um, I didn't join until I mean I've been a Mason for five years now, so oh, wow. you know it took uh, a while to get you there. I think, or something like that, yeah, yeah. It took maybe nine years almost, you yeah. know, to get in there. I guess so. Um, what else can I really say? About you know, it? you were talking about the logos, and I've said this in previous episodes, and I hope you back me up. I'm kind of partial, but I think when it comes to branding and logos. The square, compass, and G is probably one of the coolest logos of any organization in the world. Am I right? Oh yeah, it's absolutely. just simple and just it's it's so right to the point. Yeah, literally right to both points. Literally. <laughs> well, and it you know the terms of uh, you know the circumscribing your actions and you know keeping yourself on the level or staying square and right. those kind of that was the other thing too that was really funny is uh. Once I heard about Freemasonry and then seen it in the logos, then I, you start hearing about it in, like, the language, you know, the term blackballed or, you know, yeah. uh, giving them the third degree. You know, you hear these different things, and you never really truly know where they've started in, like, in, I don't know, in language, I guess, or right. modern terms or lingo. But, you know, it, it's cool to hear that it all comes from Freemasonry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, now, weren't you kind of a conspiracy theorist also? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. he's social media dark. Do you not? Yeah, do you remember? Yeah. I mean, you you consider them the goats of Freemasonry podcasting, as I do. Yeah, and well, almost I thought that every, was funny that I was your mystery guest. Too, and I'm like, oh, look at that! He's social media dark. Got all these episodes, and that one episode in particular, Yoshi looks over. Oh yeah, you're still like dark ops on social media, aren't you? And I just could died laughing. Yeah. Yeah, my wife, uh, she also, well, she works for, like, an international company now, but she did work for, uh, like, a design company here in Chicago. And so she had a a bunch of, like, marketing profiles so that we could, like, test ads out and, like, run small promotions and make sure all the analytical stuff's working on the back end. So now I get these, like, ghost accounts that we have for, like, marketing purposes, and I just use them to kind of, you know, like pages, you know, box He's That's the there, coolest thing ever. They're just lurking in the background. Let That's what it is. And watch everybody. Well, take a bad thing. Well, you don't want to oh, put your I life out there. Contribute, you know. <laughs> I'm going to have so much fun with this episode tonight. Okay, so I have another question. I'm going to have a million questions. Here we go. Oh, and, and this is cool because this is just going to check the box. We're just going to uh, we're going to make it our goal to get every single member of At Refreshment on their own episode. So, and I. I don't think we asked Wes this question. Okay. I don't think we did. So we're going to ask Brock. Brock, how did the podcast come to be? How did At Refreshment start? I don't think we did, did we? Um, So uh, when I joined um, Freemasonry, I joined through uh, a a kid, uh, Alex Salisbury. Yeah, Alex Salisbury. 
and um, he was a member of Raven Lodge 303. And uh, I was doing uh, doing some photography for like this music project, and he was uh, playing music on the track that was sponsored by this Prairie Fest that they were doing. And uh, he he donated his time and played music or whatever, all for free for this event. And so I met him, and we had some beers, and he came over to my house and seen some of my Masonic books. I have a huge Masonic library, or just like that mystical style books or whatever, right? You know. Uh, occult or whatever you want to call them, you know, right. uh, hermetic groups and stuff like that. Well, so anyway, we got talking and he invited me to come up to his lodge and then he introduced me to his mentor, uh, Dennis. He was uh, uh, an anthropology teacher in Wisconsin. Oh, wow. Then, yeah, he retired and was living here in Oswego and he was like a three or four time past master. And he was pretty old, though. He was, like, in his almost, I think he was, like, 80 or 82 when I joined the oh, lodge. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so uh, he wasn't too mobile. So I'd go to his house, and I went through all my cataclysms and me- uh, memorization and all that with him. And then um, I came, started coming into Raven Lodge, and that's where I met Wes. Uh, his wife and him, uh, they were living in Oswego at the time. And, uh, you know, he started coming up to lodge at Raven and, you know, just got dual membership. I think Wes is a member of like Hinsdale and, um, uh, what's his other lodge that just merged with Riverside Lodge. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So Wes wears a lot of Masonic hats. Yeah, he does. And I honestly, when I very first met him, I was just blown away by like, you know, how much knowledge he knew. And he was oh, by yeah. far like one of the most knowledgeable Masons at my lodge where I'm like, I have questions about Freemasonry and esoteric stuff. I've been reading this stuff for like, you know, like I said, almost 10 years before I joined. So as soon as I joined, I wanted, I had more books than our library. I wanted to know like <laughs> the other stuff, you know, the rituals, right. the secrets, you know? And, uh, yeah, that's where I met Wes and, you know, we became good friends, and then he told me about he hates all the other Masonic podcasts. He there he finds them boring. So well, we weren't out yet. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> there's a few other ones he likes. You know, I mean, for he's, he's got his reason. preferences or whatever. But uh, they like. But, I mean, us, that's basically how he put it. Uh, he doesn't really listen to too many podcasts at all. Real well, like Masonic podcasts, I guess. But oh, hey, Todd, guess what? what? You know what else Brock listens to? What? Steel toes and scoreboards. I do, I do. Well, that podcast sucks. No excuse for bad taste. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, the best advertisement for it is please don't go listen to that show. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, right? man, he figured it out. <laughs> yeah. It's like Cartman owning an amusement park. Get out. I don't know what you're hearing. Everybody wants to come Oh, out. yeah, <laughs> Cartman's amusement park. <laughs> Did you just make a South Park reference on a Masonic podcast? Yes. <laughs> this episode. <laughs> well, since we're already just nonsense, Wes, I got our, our what? Brock, Wes. I got to tell you a story about Wes. That's why I said yeah. Wes. Oh, well, here we go. So the second half of the Master Mason degree in yeah, the, Illinois. For yeah. So yeah. Wes was sitting beside me the whole time. And uh, you're, you're going to laugh. The night before, Todd must think I'm a child because Todd said, don't ask Wes anything about his leg bothering him. I'm like, uh-huh. uh, duh, <laughs> I know that. You don't like talking about it. Uh, I don't remember how it came up, but Wes 
said something about his leg. And I looked at Wes, <laughs> and I said, man. And I think he's told me he told you guys this story after after party. I said, I don't know how oh. you stay so positive all the time. <laughs> and he looked at me, and he laughed. And uh, he said, you ought to go ask Marty about that. And then oh. we got talking, and I'm like, I bet Marty calls you Dr. House, don't he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Wes lost it, man. Just <laughs> lost it. And he oh, goes, yeah. Marty would be like, he's the most miserable SOB you've ever seen. <laughs> but I forgot to ask Marty, but. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, we, he told us about it. Yeah, we had, we had a pretty good laugh about it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know one thing. It was great finally meeting you guys up there. And I'm glad all you guys came down. I was really hoping to meet you know all what, guys, You know so. what one of my funnest parts that day was? And uh, so Wes called me the next the day. Drive home? I don't know. <laughs> Wes called me the next day. And I, yeah. I talked to Wes on the phone for like two hours that next oh, wow. day. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was a week later. Some point, I talked yeah. to Wes for like two hours on the phone. Brock came over to borrow a book yeah. while I was on the phone with Wes. <laughs> and uh, Wes goes, uh, I saw you talk a picture with Andre. And I said, yeah. He said, how's come you wanted you did that? And I was like, well, Andre was kind of in the background. And uh, yeah, he wasn't doing much. I said, nobody ever pays attention to him. And Wes like, you know, that made him really happy. And I, oh, I and it was yeah. funny because Andre's like, brother, you ain't got to take a picture with me. He goes, nobody ever takes pictures with me. I said, Andre, get over here and take a picture with me. And they're like, that made him so happy that you just took a picture with Andre. I'm like, oh, yeah. well, of course. He's so oh, cool. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, yeah, he does so much for Freemasonry that he is like, yeah, he... Yeah, he, he seems like he's in the background, but dude, he's he's very active. He does a lot for, uh, you know, for a lot of the groups that he, that he is a member of. You know, yeah. And the thing is, is we're all so close here. Like uh, I know you guys referred to it before. You know, the Chicagoland area is just very densely populated. Right. So oh yes. Go like 15 miles, and like there's three cities, and they all have lodges, and they're right. all meeting. So like, you know, we have a bunch of different York rights, a bunch of different uh, chapter groups. You know, yep. a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, I mean, we only have one shrine, we have one Scottish rite, but um, <laughs> you know, we have all we have grotto, we have two grottos. Yep. Um, you know, I don't know how many. I think we have like a couple AMDs. We have, mm. you know, we got a lot, a lot of stuff to do. You oh, know, yeah. tall feeders. I'm like, it's like it's crazy. So, you know. There's a lot of members in all those groups, you know, who do a lot of stuff that aren't in podcasts or like talking about Freemasonry right. public, you know, that just, you know, it's like, dang, dude, no, those are the real heroes, man. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, just, I troll you me. guys. Yeah, these guys are out here doing all the, all the, doing three or four installations, you know? Oh, yeah. I, I troll you guys all the time with Todd. I'm like, Chili Grotto. I'm like, Chicago, oh. Illinois Grotto. <laughs> And I troll it all the time. I'm like, these guys are so genius. It's like the simplest thing they could have ever come up with, yep. and it rolls off the tongue so perfect. It's Chiel. the Cheyenne Grotto. It's Chiel. Chicago, Chiel. Illinois. Like, yep. It's like, and it's perfect. Yeah, it sounds I was like, how come we can't be that smart, Todd? Oh, you guys will, you guys will get there, man. You guys will come up with something good. You guys well, are, you guys are almost cooking with gas on a grotto down there. Man. Well, we're not really, but <laughs> we're we're trying. We 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 keep. Uh, there's a there's a brother up uh, north that Todd knows. Oh, Michael Neely. Michael's been hampering us because uh, 
You guys got the void, though, you were saying. You know? Yeah, the, the grotto, the closest grotto to us is, the closest big city to us is Evansville, Indiana, which is about an hour away. Yeah. That's, uh, Evansville's the fourth biggest city in the state. Uh, population's about 200,000 or so, right about there. Uh they are their their grotto down there. No ruse is pretty much on its last leg, Brock. It's dying. Yeah, if it's not already dead, it's on life support. And uh, they've got a lot of equity built up. They've uh, they've sold. They're just uh, there's a lot of things going to go to waste if that grotto falls by the wayside. So there's definitely a void in yeah, the southern part of the state. So. I know. Yeah, <laughs> wink, wink. To talk, I'm sitting here talking to two Grotto members here. Yeah. Well, it's not that easy to start one. I mean, everybody thinks, oh, you get together and start a Grotto. It's not that easy. Now, we kind of had the perfect opportunity, you know. Um, you know, I, I think Wes kind of told you, well, you know, you, the guys have told you kind of a little bit what happened at the starting right. of it you know, and how, like, you know, we have El Jala Grotto and they're doing good. They got good membership in Marty and, uh, Mark and uh, I don't believe Wes was, but all those guys, they were all members of that grotto. And yeah. uh, they did the hospitality room at Grand Lodge. They did a lot of great stuff. But um, it was what like the, the creation and, or formation or whatever of Shiel and kind of getting those group of guys together. It was more of like a group of Masons that already all partied and hung out together all the time that yeah. were like. More like the actual original creating, you know, like the Fairchild, you know, uh, yeah. committee the back committee. in the day, you know, like uh, the Lodge 120 and then uh, the Royal Arch Masons were meeting, you know, and then right. they kind of got together and created the whole idea of Grotto and stuff. So uh, the other cool part is, um, uh, you know, when they did the, the Grotto meetings at Grand Lodge, it was kind of a uh, let's party and then there's a little ceremonial yeah. and then you're in, you know. Like a five-man well, initiation. Not, yeah, <laughs> well, when Shail kind of started, uh, I think like Peoria Grotto, um, I don't their name, but they have uh, they did a lot of ritual work in there. So yep. the ceremonial is actually like quite extensive. Oh, it's and, like uh, several hours. Yeah, and so nobody really performs that, or do they like really do it like in a stage setting or right. like with high props and costumes and stuff? So that was like one of the things of Shail where. Uh, I believe that they are one of the, you know, they do a more, I don't remember if they do seven or five parts to it or whatever, but. Yeah, there's uh, seven parts. parts. In the actual ceremony, there's seven parts and uh, yeah. like 12 seed gene changes or something like that. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's a and long they got day. a couple of fold-out backdrops that are really cool that they pull out, and they mm-hmm. do a lot to swap it up. But uh, that was my big thing is joining a group, you know, like with the cool name of the Mystic Order of the Veiled Prophets. Oh, you're like, ooh, what rituals and secrets are here? Well, how do you how do you pronounce that again? You told the Mofer. You don't M O V P E R. It's just the Mystic Order yes. of the Veiled Prophets of the Enchanted Realm. Yeah. Look at me, I can say it. I should be in a grotto. You should. No. <laughs> it sounds so cool. It does. I mean, I had a great time in the grotto. Go all through the chairs. The logo is pretty cool. I gotta actually, admit, yeah, I, uh, I was at my first. My first convention was up by in uh, the village of Lyle, Illinois, up by Chicago. Yeah, that's I know. the first Midwest I went to. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we, yeah, uh, we, we did our uh, go-karts at Medina Shrine. We did the parking yeah, lot at Medina. Yeah. Yep. Go-karts. 
We have go kart. Oh yeah, the, and everything. yeah. Because I always say the grotto is a cousin of the shrine. Yeah, I get yeah, it. Red stepchild, more like. It. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. That's, it's close there too. You know, the Scottish Rite, the shrine, all that stuff's so centrally located for mm-hmm. us that it really helps to kind of hit that area good. Oh yeah, yeah. We were I was up there back in oh crap, probably two thousand six. Yeah, it was two thousand six. Yeah, child six, child seven, something like that. We were up there for uh, the Midwest convention and had a great time up there. But uh, so, Brock, you know, after you got oh, in and you talking about that refreshment, <laughs> yeah, we were talking about everything. Uh, yeah, this uh, we don't we we suck at our format, but yeah, go go. Uh, we fin- I, where yeah, are we going? I don't know. Are we <laughs> fin- finish with how the podcast came together? I should yeah. say yeah, how you got yeah, boys. So- I, yeah, I met Wes at Raven, and then uh, we wanted to start, a, or he wanted to kind of do some kind of podcast, and then uh, me and him kind of talked about it, and then we kind of started hunting around for people, and then Wes met uh, Yoshi and Marty, and then they knew Dave, our old producer, who had all the microphones and cameras, and then Manny's Alehouse, where we meet and record, we kind of already used that as a sh- uh, social hall and to hang out. And uh, some other Masonic groups met there and, like, some investment groups and stuff like that met in that back room. And then, yeah, we just put our name on the calendar and started recording. Their show is so well done, too. Like, you look at our setup. Like, they sit in and watched us. Yeah. We're not video. We're We're simple. simple. And you walk into their room, and there's cameras galore. Eight tripods. Wes, (laughs) the way these guys have this so beautifully laid out. Wes has got signs up. I'm going to break the fourth wall and give everybody a behind-the-scenes yeah, look. Please. Yeah, absolutely. They, they, they've got cameras, and Wes has got stuff set up. Okay, you guys focus on this camera. I focus mm. on this. It's so beautifully orchestrated, and you don't really have an executive producer. It's pretty much mm. just Wes and Brock do pretty much most of the producing. Yeah, they, they have somebody off to the side sometimes. Well, I mean, Andre's kind of back there helping them a little bit. But, like, yeah, but, Wes uh, has got it laid out. He knows how he wants oh, to yeah. shoot this and shoot this. And I'm like, if we had the brains and I had the, or the ambition. <laughs> or the money. We would do that. But our setup is so simple. Like, uh, I watch them tear down. Like, I can have everything set up for us in 10 minutes. Less than that. Sometimes less than that, depending on how distract or well, I mean, you know, you're always distracted. Yeah, I'm always distracted, but it's just that's why these guys are the goats, not just their content. <laughs> oh, this episode's gonna be all over the place. I we know. got Brock on the phone. Like, how? Yeah, let's, yeah. His, yeah. his ADD is through. Let's the give roof Brock right now. a round of applause. We got Brock on the phone. I'm just so <laughs> confirmed. That's the name of this episode. Confirmed. Confirmed. Oh not yeah, confirmed. Yeah. We conferred an episode with Brock. Anyway, confirmed. Move on. Uh. <laughs> I didn't lost my train of thought. I'm so excited. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I knew you would be. <laughs> I, I, I really am. Brock, what kept you coming back? Like, here, this is usually a question that Todd asks, but I'm stealing the thunder from Todd. Always. <laughs> so, most guys get that title. They get that square compass and G. They get the pins, the license plate, the stickers. The rings. The rings. They get their third degree, and they never come back. They go from being a member to a dues pair. So what made you decide, hey, I'm not going to be a dues payer. I'm going to be a member. Well, um, I kind of have a 50-50 on that, I have to say. Right currently, right now, I'm kind of more of just a dues payer, I would say almost. But um, just because I have a two-week-old and we're dark right now, oh, and yeah. also I just – my we had a, I also have a two-and-a-half-year-old as well, so – 
Congratulations, by the way. I oh, remember. I remember uh, last time I talked to Wes about a month and a half ago. He said uh, Brock's wife's due uh, relatively soon. He's like, so we're probably not going to be recording as much for the next little bit. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just kind of, you know, take that little step back here for a little bit. Luckily, like we're dark right now, so my blue lodge isn't really doing much. But, um, you know, I would say like when I very first joined, I was extremely active. And like when I became a Master Mason, I think it was like, I don't know, like the 11th. And by like that 14th, I was already joining the Scottish Rite oh, wow. to go through Scottish <laughs> Rite degree already uh, wow. <laughs> dude i was like i wanted well like i said i had studied this for 10 years so i already knew i wanted to go through the scottish right yeah. i already knew what all the scottish right degrees were and <laughs> you know i was hungry to get in there and you know check it out yeah you want to um, he was seeking well, I, light yeah yeah absolutely and, uh, you know the sayings of like the the scottish right is a college of freemasonry and you can really get into the deep philosophy and stuff so That was, you know, that was something I was hungry and getting into and doing all that. So uh, once I joined, we did a lot of traveling, too, to, like, Madison and Milwaukee and uh, Peoria. Yeah, we we just, you know, I traveled everywhere the first couple of years I was in. And then um, as soon as I joined or as soon as I became a Master Mason, I immediately got a position in line. I've been a line officer every single year that I've been a Mason. Um but uh, uh, just currently this last, like, year-ish, you know, I've been kind of chilling on the Blue Lodge, like, hitting right. the degrees and all that, the basic meetings and stuff like that. I've been kind of uh, taking a break on some of them if I can miss it. But also, it's if I have, um, you know, Scottish Rite or uh, Grotto or something else on another night, um uh, before I had kids, it would be easy to do three to four days a week of Freemasonry. Oh, yes. I know that. And now it's like if I could do one day a week, and if it, it if I have to do two, and then I also you know with the podcast recordings and stuff like that as well, you know, um, it, it can it can fill a month calendar can fill up quite oh, a bit yeah. where you don't realize it, and you're like, well, there's uh, an installation, there's a rededication, there's this and this going on, and. Yep. Yeah, you yeah, got to kind of pick and choose. schedule really quick. So, um, but bringing me back, though, I would say it would be brotherhood for sure. Uh, the bond you form in your lodge, the culture you build in your lodge, too. So, like, get a lot of members that are like-minded to you that you can study education. Uh, you can take different, uh, different directions, you know, with committees. And, you know, we have a really nice, uh, like, social committee that – comes up with uh different events and stuff charity events we want to do uh you know just basic blue lodge stuff you know i i I dig it i think it's fun that's the most important part right there was not fun no one's gonna show up we know that (laughs) i was just once you get there it's it's the hang afterward you know it's it's everybody um you know, either smoking out back of the lodge or we go down to the, one of the bars or one of the breweries down the block and have a couple of beers. And, you know, like one of the things Marty always says is, you know, more Freemasonry is done after the meeting and hanging out with the brothers and stuff yep. like that, having fellowship at refreshment with the brothers than like actually during the meeting. <laughs> business stuff, Todd know? did, Todd did air quotes when you said at refreshment, Todd just did air quotes. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I had to. Uh, 
But yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, the fellowship after, but we're in a very, very small town we're at. The only bar closed down like two years ago. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Yeah, so there's really nothing. We, we have to drive like I'm 10 telling you right to now, this bar, but. you moved to this area about 10, 15 years ago. Uh, 12 years ago. I yeah. mean, the town you live in now, I just moved from, I just moved back into the town where our lodge is, you know? Yeah. But this town is where I grew up in. The Whistle Stop Tavern closing was not a loss in this no, town, I promise no, it you. Wasn't. There was oh, fights every weekend oh, yeah. out of the, this place. The cops were there a lot, I heard. Uh anyways. Uh I just we got Brock on the phone, man. I just <laughs> totally like baffled by his I presence. know, like you sneaky <laughs> son of a gun. You just pulled that right out from under me. Yeah, I felt rude because like yeah, I talked to him on Friday and then the master Mason agree was getting ready, they were getting ready to, you know, start it. And everything, and I'm like, "Hey, bro, I gotta go." And he kept talking. I'm like, "Brock, I gotta go." We go, okay, yeah, I'll see yeah. you later. I want, I want everybody I under trying to like, get fun with you so quick because I could talk to you forever. But I want everybody understanding to hear this episode. We've got uh, we've got scheduled releases for season three, which we're recording now, coming up. This episode won't be available for almost a month almost, from what yeah. we're recording now. This guy on the other end of the phone is gonna make us. Uh, my sister. Was going to make us a logo, but she is super busy. She's got a lot going on in her life, and she's got some health issues going on. So she's a very good drawer, one of the best artists I've ever seen. Brock does graphic design. Yeah. And Brock's like, you know what? I'll make you guys an official logo because we want to do some hats and some shirts. We want to be be more presentable like the at refreshment guys are because – I'm going to beat this goat thing to death, but we do consider them the goats. The way they present themselves, the way they model themselves, the way they do things, it's very consistent. It's very concise. It's very fun. It's very fun. Brock's like, well, I'll do your logo. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll scrounge up some money. The guy on the other end of the phone is willing to do our logo for, I mean, free. free. And I'm like, and Todd and I are like, okay. we cannot let this guy do this for free. And oh, we're no, like, we'll send some diapers up. Yeah, we'll send some diapers. <laughs> hey, man, diapers are expensive. Yes, they are. But, like, this is just, this is what it's all about. It's yeah. about brotherhood, brotherhood and charity. I mean, this way, if it hadn't been Freemasonry, I would have never met you. If it hadn't been for me, Freemasonry, I would have never met that refreshment guy. Because we would have never met Greg. I would have never met anybody. I mean, this is Freemasonry as fine as meeting people, the fellowship, brotherhood. I never would have known that my spirit human is a guy named Marty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a Polish guy from Chicago. <laughs> he is. Yeah. He's a big personality, though, man. Oh, he He's is. He walks into a room, and I bet he just owns it. Oh, yeah. He just. But anyway. Party Marty is what Greg calls him. Party Marty. <laughs> well, Brock, guy, uh, man. Brock, what chair are you sitting in the lodge right now? Um, I am senior steward, I think, for the fourth year in a row. Dang, you're, you're kind of down there. I figured you'd be a like, junior warden by now. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, you have any aspirations to go into the East one day? or? Um, Yeah, yeah, but dude, uh, I heard this thing, once a steward, always a steward. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true, too. And, um, you know, there's something about that steward position, dude, that um, – I, I haven't given it up for a couple of people, you know, so I, they're either they have to skip me and go right into the deacon and just do what they want to do with that. Yeah. Or, you know, that is what it is. They got to go through the marshal and the the junior steward before they get to me. So, oh, that's um, right. The marshal spot's a big deal in Illinois. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. They, there's other positions that, uh, you know, we got for new guys to come up through, but. 
Uh, But, you know, the other thing is, is I'll also, you know, if we go to lodge and we need somebody to sit in in one of the other seats, you know, uh, you know, it is what it is, you know. So, you know, most of them probably. Yeah. And then, um, well, you know, we go to like school of instruction. We have all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you, you pretty much know. And once you start going to, you know, you go to enough degrees all year and we meet twice a month. So you go to quite a, you go to quite a few meetings a year. You, you. You know, pick up on all the rituals. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I went over to Toledo Lodge uh, a couple months ago down in Toledo, Illinois. Saw the EA degree, and some of the stuff you guys did is like, why, why, why would you do that for? Is me? that the one where you went to see Greg and he wasn't there? Yeah, Greg <laughs> there and his, and his allergy kicked in. He couldn't get out of bed because he he felt so bad, and so I had to go there by myself. <laughs> Brock, here's a question we ask everybody generally, if we can think of it. Uh, everybody's particularly got one piece of ritual that's their favorite. Do you got what is your favorite particular piece of ritual in Blue Lodge? Um, I don't even know if I, I don't even know if I can talk about it. Yeah, I like. Yeah, oh, okay. We say the the ritual parts of the second half of the third degree. Okay. I think in I think there's parts in there that are extremely symbolic and metaphysical that nobody even realizes what they're doing or what is going on or how it's working. Yeah, I, know, I know exactly but, what you mean. Speaking yeah. of that, speaking of that, because you speak so highly of, of me and Todd or Todd and I's show, and we Absolutely. appreciate that. Uh, what I feel the best thing we ever done was uh, the three ruffians? The three ruffians episode, which was right before the season finale, <clears throat> which was the actual degree, the Oklahoma degree. Too, the Oklahoma yeah. degree. Uh, yeah. Did you listen to that episode? Absolutely. Yeah. You got any I, I feedback we, on that? I think we went too far on it myself. I think we went too far on. No, it. No, I don't think so, man. I think that um, that that's a great thing to get into. It's it's hard where we never gave I anything away. Not really. But. It's it's so. Uh, it's so refreshing to hear you guys talking an esoteric topic like that <laughs> and talking it out where you're both like, as you're saying it, you're like, Oh man, I'm getting it. You know? And me listening to it, I was like, Oh, this is awesome. This is just amazing. Because when you guys came across stuff and you're like, does that, how does that relate? Now this all correlates. I see something here. There's well, a bigger picture to all of this. Well, like I, like I tell all people, when I joined masonry, I went from the senior student, senior deacon, junior warden, to master. I was master four years in a row after that. So there wasn't a whole lot of time for me. I had to learn the ritual. It wasn't a whole lot of time for me to learn about the esoterics and the true meaning behind all this stuff. Then uh, once I got out of being the East, I was, I was monarch. The very next year, my last year of being master, I was monarch of the grotto. And then I moved away down here in southern Indiana, and I didn't go lodge for like eight, nine years. So now I'm going back learning everything I should have learned 10 years ago. So yeah. all this stuff well, now know, is kind of brand hard. new to me. <laughs> yeah, when you're, like you said, when you're coming up so quickly, uh, you know, that's kind of like one of the things that's kept me as senior steward for so long is with me being so active in Scottish Rite and, uh, you know, and all the other Masonic stuff I do, like our local little club that we have in my area that meets up yep. and, uh, you know, just, uh, in the podcast and stuff, it's so, um, oh, I just totally forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you get so passionate. You just forget. We know how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, let me tell you about this group. And then I'm like, you know, uh, I think Wes, I remember Wes was telling you guys about it. There's a group here that meets, um, 
oh man, I'm going to slaughter the name here. It would be like the past illustrious uh, of. Um, he said something about this. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know what Pat's official title is, uh, but he's like uh, in. It's like a York right position with inside of um, the Royal Arch, and it's like the highest position of the Grand Lodge of that, you know. Oh, the so, yeah, the uh, Grand High Priest or the Past Illustrious Masters? Yeah, something like that. Uh, so uh, he's, he's uh, coming to uh, his home lodge here in Aurora, and uh, they wanted to kind of build up some local fraternity or fraternalism and like right. help their little uh, fraternal lodge there by getting. Um, Kind of, it's almost like Grotto, but it's not Grotto, you know. So right. they meet up uh, on the fourth Tuesday of every month, and they just do a social activity. So we went to the gun range. We uh, played bags. Hmm. Uh, we've done a darts tournament. We've done all kinds of different stuff, you know. Yeah. So every month it's something different, and you get a challenge coin for every meeting you show up to. So Oh, wow. Yeah, so at the end of the year, you know, whoever has the most challenge coins, you know, you're going to get a prize for, like, you know, showing up and being participating. Everybody gets, like, uh, trophies oh, that's interesting. for, like, top positions and everything for everything, or we get, like, a medal or something. Hmm. And, uh, you know, it doesn't cost much, and the events aren't made to make any money for any charity or anything. They're solely for the Brothers of the Lodge to have fun, and yeah. they pay for themselves, pretty much, so... Uh, like when we did the pool hall, you know, um, we rented out a private room and then we did a taco bar. So everybody comes in and pays. You get all you eat tacos. Uh, you get to shoot pool for like an hour or two to like open, open hall. And then we did a tournament and then, you know, we do like a 50, 50 raffle, all kinds oh, wow. of stuff. So, yeah. Somebody comes home with some money, you know, everybody gets fed and, uh, yeah, we all, so. Yeah, and, it, and it's also to bring other brothers from other districts out to our district. It's also to bring new Masons in, and it's also to get Masons to socialize that wouldn't socialize. Like, uh, some of the widow sons came out to one of our, our meetings, and then some guys from what, uh, El Jolly Grotto came out. Uh, so just, like, different people show up to these events, and plus, you know, with Pat and uh, Pat Robinson, or, yeah, Pat Robinson, he has his, uh, like, little network of guys and stuff that, he works with in the state and stuff, Tim and a few other guys that uh, I think he's in the same position Pat was. And so dude, they come to all the events and you get to meet these Masons that, um, you know, you, you only meet them or see them being introduced at these big events and they're in their full, you know, Grand Lodge garb, you oh, know, yeah, and yeah. You, it, it's like, it's so intimidating. But when you're at, at the gun range with the guy and he's letting you shoot his gun and you can talk to him, you know, it just brings Freemasonry and that brotherhood of like that. We're all on the level. We're all just master Masons. We're all just hanging out together. Yeah. And dude, that group has been a human, a humongous success. Um, so that's like one of the things I've been kind of, uh, helping out with that group as much as I can. Uh, you know, I've been doing the challenge coins and everything every month for them. Yeah. And, uh, trying to just get that going and um i think we're going to do it all through next year as well so well, i think our royal arts did the program. same thing down here Royal arts uh, lodge their chapter they, they just did an axe throwing competition i think they're doing an axe throwing competition the 19th of august i think yeah it's on the email yeah it's on the uh, we have a little yeah. axe throwing place down in huntingburg down the next town over and i think you're doing something like that so that might be something they're trying to i guess 
Well, and it's a great way if you know when you're going to start your grotto, you can we can all get together as masons and call it whatever. Right. So yeah. That's the cool thing is you can kind of trial it out and be like, well, shoot, we got 30 guys meeting, you know, quarterly, you know, four times a year or something. And then yeah. kind of just spread it out until you got a full-fledged group. Might be an idea right there. You know, yeah. Brock, listening to you talk is like sitting under a learning tree. <laughs> so, you, I, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna put you on the spot a minute. Yeah, yeah. And there's no wrong answer here. It's just to kind of it's just to pick your well-informed Masonic brain. Here we go. <laughs> so, in my universe, in the that other Masonic podcast universe, Brother Brock has been chosen, elected, to become the next Grand Master for the state of Illinois. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, now that you were the Grand Master for the state of Illinois, what are you doing? What kind of things are you thinking about kicking around? Any changes you're trying to implement? What's uh, just off the top of your head? What's going on as uh, for the next year of you being grandmaster for the state of Illinois? I I don't think I could ever fulfill those shoes, man. That is that is an incredible position. That would be extremely overwhelming, probably. But uh, in the in the odd, weird twilight zone, yeah, that I, that that would have happened. Um, I would definitely go. Uh, have you guys heard of like, uh, I mean, I know you guys have talked about it before, but like the traditional lodges or like, yeah, I would go back to like, um, meeting on the full moon. I would be doing it with candlelight. I would be doing it with incense rooms, chambers of reflection. Um, this all sounds cool already. Yeah, Yeah. dude, I would put the punk rock back into the old ancient Freemasonry, man. (laughs) Well, you put the mystery back into it. Put the skulls back in there, you know? Put the The cloak and Get a couple cool Egyptian statues to put inside the lodge, you know? You know Uh, what the coolest part of the At Refreshment podcast is, right? The skull. The skull. (laughs) I'm going to say it. The skull. It's pretty bad. Didn't you? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Didn't you guys name the skull? Don't know how. Didn't Wes say it has a name? Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> That's yeah. right. That's right. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He uh he came around to us when we did our show with uh Carl Hearn. He brought on those Peruvian skulls, you know, that were oh, yeah. basically like alien skulls. And he had a a human skull and then those two Peruvian heads and then we got we brought our little chrome skull. So <laughs> Oh, speaking of the speaking of your show. I know we just jump from ear to ear here everywhere. Oh, yeah, we're everywhere. Speaking oh, yeah, yeah. We got to go back to if I'm Grandmaster. Yeah. Well, so, actually, go back to that, and then I got another question for you. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I don't have... Um, what else you want to do? You're uh, being in the Grand East. <laughs> yeah, I'd be putting, um, uh, like we said, uh, the get the esoteric stuff back, uh, the educational stuff. I'd be putting on these Masonicons, like, in almost every district. Yeah. Uh, I'd be booting, bringing in a lot of educational speakers from a lot of the other states. Uh, you know, okay. maybe even, uh, well, you know, even our Illinois magazine, we have a magazine. Yeah. You know, we got to put more educational articles, put more stuff into there. And I mean, those guys are working on it. I know oh, yeah. uh, and Justice, uh, shout out to those guys. Um, Scott, you know, there's a bunch of guys out there uh, working really hard on, on yep. the education. We got, we got a really good magazine too. We it, they put they, they put a lot into it. it Come out quarterly, but yeah, it's 
Not as much as you want, but you get enough well, of it. Yeah, we have like our uh, our educational, or what would you call it? Oh, yeah, I guess it's like our educational lodge, you know, for the state. Oh, research and, lodge uh, or something like that? Yeah, so yeah. they only meet like a grand lodge, basically, but yeah. they put out a quarterly thing, and it's like, I want that in my Grand Lodge magazine, you know? Yeah. I want all of that combined into one, you know? One dense magazine of, like, true heart Masonic mysticism, along yeah. with photographs from the charity events and the golf outing. Right. And, like, you know, I want all that together. That that would be uh, – that would definitely um, – be one of the things but yeah let's oh, yeah. let's go on to something else man yeah okay that, so, that, that's never gonna happen <laughs> i don't i don't i don't pull the brock i don't forgot what it was wait brock i want to talk about the uh the last uh uh episode you guys did that, that's what it was yeah that's about what the, it was uh, the female freemason yeah that's i found that completely fascinating like, every mason hears that story hey there was once a female uh, uh, a girl a lady that was made a freemason because she hid in the in the lodge room or something like that. It's like, what? And you guys come out, you find a, the actual story behind it. I thought it was absolutely fascinating. I seen that Friday or Saturday, what, yesterday or Somebody, the day before. Yeah. I seen it come out. I, that's what I was going to ask you. Uh, give us a little teaser on that. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so uh, Wes, re- Wes found the book. He read it. He, he recommended it to me, and he was kind of talking to me about it. And then uh, he seen she was going on a book tour, and so he just thought, shoot, I'll reach out and see see what'll happen. And man, when when uh, Wes sent me the show prep, you know, before we did the show, yep. And I left my I left work in the middle of the day to come home to my house to record it. <laughs> that was like the best time that would meet, you know, that yeah. her time went up for us. So, uh, yeah, we got on there, man. And once I she did twenty five years at Fox News, I was like, yeah. oh man, I'm in for it. I have. Am I even going to be able to interview this person? (laughs) He's so so greatly knowledgeable, man, and has done all the research, and that whole presentation was flawless, man. It was was uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, The story behind it, the ritual, uh, you know, like how, like, the girls just hiding there. Could you think, like, seeing the Masonic degree and being, like, so terrified and so scared, I just thought, and then they're like threatening her with death or you join, you know? And yeah, no kidding. I, yeah, I thought was, that was a little much right there. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, they made her. She's like, you know, she was very active in lodge, stuff like that. And she visited quite a bit. And it yeah, was crazy. From, from, yeah, from the articles and from like all the history and the stuff like, you know, she was right there next to George Washington and like pamphlets and an educational stuff that like people, yeah. well informed Masons were reading. So yeah, yeah it it, it's. It's a really unique, very cool story, and yeah, yeah that was absolutely a awesome. I, heard I have story. to check that episode out. I haven't seen it yet. And I thought it was an old wise tale, you know, like somebody did. Oh, it, that that never happened because you know it's in our ritual, basically. No woman can become a mason. Sure enough, it, it actually was a true story. There is female masons in California. Yeah, the co-masonry, but we don't yeah. we don't recognize it. We don't. Which I'll tell you something about that later. I have to get off the air here, but <laughs> <laughs> that's bonus content. And also, the, the episode you guys did with the uh, the masonry in the Wild West and everything. I mean, you guys have done two with just you and Wes and a guest on like Zoom calls. Uh, yeah. Those have been some of your. You uh, guys are knocking it out of the park with your content. Yeah. My God, I can see why you guys are the goats in Freemasonry podcasting. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I found that yeah, interesting. Yeah, well, me and, well, I think all of us are, like, 
pretty well Masonic researchers, you know. Um, right. I know Mark does a lot of studying, and I know Marty does a lot of... You don't think he does, but Marty oh, actually yeah. has well good... He's a very good esoteric... Like, he puts on a few uh, uh, presentations on, like, tarot and, uh, like, what tarot cards and Freemasonry, and uh, he's done some really badass events man that uh, yeah. are bringing some cool esoteric thought to illinois freemasonry but um yeah like yeah that episode you talk about a tarot event he, he put on oh man that event was awesome yeah he said that was really interesting now i don't think that would fly down here because people down around here probably like the devil would get them wow <laughs> you know what i'll tell you what i didn't think it would fly either but i was shocked to see the brothers that showed up to just listen to marty speak and about the Masonic topics. And not all of them stayed and got their tarot read, you know, because Marty hired like five or six people to do tarot yeah. for everybody. <laughs> so um, some of the brothers didn't do that, but, um, you know, the ones that did were blown away by how amazing, you know, uh, it, you know, they just couldn't believe it, you know? Right, yeah. I mean, it's something you don't think about Mason and tarot having a connection. I mean, most everyday Mason probably wouldn't even think about something like that. But from what they said, they said there is a little bit of connection as far as esoterics and stuff like that. Well, it's uh, it's based on like uh, if you think of it like how I usually explain tarot to people is um, if you think of like uh, Jungian like uh, psychology based off of like archetypes like right yeah. uh, the shadow and you know those kind of things. So tarot kind of speaks to that. So. Um, when you do a tarot reading, I don't think of it as like I'm connecting to some special realm where forces are guiding my cards, you know. What I would think of it as is I look at the card and, you know, whatever that card is, I'll, I'll look at it from that point of view, you right. know. So if I'm asking a question or a reading or a certain thing, I would look at that and be like, okay, well, this is going to give me 15 different ways to look at this question and it will also guide me. And then if you have basic other stuff like simple numerology or astrology, mm -hmm. dude, you just start seeing things linked together where you're like, oh, you just drew two or three cup cards and you're a water birth sign. And, you know, <laughs> you, you know you'll start seeing all these little patterns, you know, little small synchronicities that kind of uh, connect things and start panning together where... Um, you know, it, it changes your thought on something, and it, it helps you get outside of your mind and into a different perspective by looking at it from these different points of view. Yeah, and, uh, you can go much deeper into it as well. You know, uh, you can put that into like uh, its pathways and how it flows energy, and how, um, like, when you think of like, um, I don't know, like Kabbalah and stuff like that, like right. how thoughts are formed and how. Uh, uh, things go from a thought to manifestation, you know, and like creation and, you know, so all of that is very like Masonic, like taking the rough ashlar and pounding that stone into perfection or right. like pounding it into the keystone, you know, to, to build the arch, you know, like there's all these things that are so, um, synchronistic that it kind of all goes together where you can see the symbolism and the archetypes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I know, uh, you, you you look at geometry and everything being the basis of all mathematics and stuff like that, and yes, you know, yes. masonry is synonymous with geometry and everything. And uh, I, we were we were somewhere. Me and my wife were somewhere, and had this real neat like stained glass window with all these stonework around it and everything. And 
She goes, man, how would he got make that? I was like, with a with a compass and a protractor, probably. And she goes, yeah. what do you mean? And I've had to, once we got home, I showed her that, you know, with a compass with the same measurement as the outside of the circle or something like that, you could do all these different designs inside the circle and everything. And I have to, I got it from a geometry teacher back when I was in high school. And then it finally clicked on me that, oh, crap, this is, this is basically what masonry teaches you. Well, actually, yeah. you know, uh, you know, uh, operative Macy would teach you that, you know, all the letter numbers. G does not stand for what you think it stands for. No, it's green beans. <laughs> <laughs> I hate green but beans. But, yeah, it just it, – it, you can go down so many rabbit holes. You get so deep into it. Now, I don't think enough of us really look at it. Look at Macy. Everybody, I think a lot of people take it for face value. Would you agree? Yeah, and, and that, the, the working tools and the, the whole stonemason allegory of Freemasonry – it, it works so well with, you know, with even our modern day man, you know, and like, it's just so great, dude. The building of a temple and like the whole King Solomon allegory and everything. It's yep. so symbolic that, uh, you know, and you, when you read like Manly P. Hall or some mm -hmm. of these older guys, when they really used to take like a small thread in the ritual and just expand it into a gigantic book, you know, going yeah. on and on and on about like, where these things come from or, you know, the where in the thread of time they were pulled this out of. But, oh, yeah. um, but it, it's, it's so, uh, I don't even know how to, yeah, I don't even have words for it, how, how important it can be to somebody, you know, yeah. and what Freemasonry, I mean, even myself joining, um, I was just like a skateboarder and photographer and, you know, I didn't even, you know, I thought Freemasonry was going to be too stuffy for me, and there wasn't going to be anybody cool, you know? Brock was the cool kid that was wearing Vans or Chuck Taylors. I guarantee it. Well, everybody had oh. Chuck Taylors. I had Chuck Taylors, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, I mean, I still wear Vans to this day. Dude. <laughs> I, I see? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I well, rode skateboards for like 20 years of my life, so hey, I pretty much live in those things. I know uh, I took a deep dive on the point in the circle uh, oh, about a year ago. Bring, bring up your phallus. Let's talk about your phallus well, on if, the show. If the, the story behind the point in the circle is it's actually not a point in a circle. It's a it's a uh, pillar inside a bowl, basically. If you look at, I'm going to say a word on this bowl, right now. And the uh, penis. Okay. Yes, it's the phallus and the lingus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. That's what it represents: the creation of a, of a human being. Atkins out, and we, you know, I, I took a deep dive into it, and I'm like, I'll you, I'm gonna study this, and I'm gonna write a research paper about it, and give it to our lodge research. And it went yeah. so deep, I got so lost in it, and after a while, I had to put, I had to stop typing and write stuff down because I was getting so lost and confused. Because you know, I'm not an academic; I never went to college. I'm, yeah, you know, high school was easy for me. <laughs> yeah, that's the correct name for it, right there. Yeah, the lodge of research. That's yeah. what I was for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But I did a deep dive on it, and it went all the way back to where the point of the circle was was basically talking about this god and this goddess, blah blah blah, and everything, and it, how the it's not actually a point of the circle. You're looking from above, and it's actually a bowl and a uh, uh, like a pillar or a pylon, whatever you want to call it, yeah, and that's yeah. what you're looking at, and it represents the the woman and the man and everything Absolutely. in there. So, I mean, I think so, dude. I mean, but that's the thing about Freemasonry that's cool is every every one of our symbols has five different meanings. Oh, yeah. And We're 500 different meanings. How deep do you yeah, want to go? Or like, different meanings. Yeah. yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, and I've been doing deep dives like that on stuff, and after a while, I was like, okay, I have no idea what I'm even looking at anymore. <laughs> Do I even know what I'm talking about now? <laughs> you know, but. but you know what, though? That's like, that's why, that's where I got into Freemasonry yeah. for. You know, I was so out there forever where I needed to see, does Freemasonry really connect all this stuff, or or how is, how is that actually all connected, you know? And what I remember hearing about, uh, like, the conspiracy theory stuff of, uh, you know, the Golden Dawn and uh, the the OTO and all these different groups, you know, that you hear about in the background that um, conspiracy theorists say is Freemasonry and they control the world. But, you know, most of these groups were founded and started by Freemasons who were looking into more esoteric topics right. and, uh, you know, taking the Masonic rituals to different places like you know, adding more elements and taking them to, you know, kind of manipulating them into different stuff, you know. And if you look at, like, um, you know, the College of Rights and, right. and AMD and all this, how many different degrees that are laid dormant, like, that are set aside that oh, yeah. aren't practiced and stuff, you know. Or you go back into the history of the Scottish Rite and, uh, you know, when the Scottish Rite split and then how they have different degrees and... yeah. Uh, you know, here with us being northern jurisdiction, uh, Scottish right, those degrees have changed so many times. Oh, and yeah, a lot. Yeah, you know, they're always, we just got a new fourth degree fairly recently and stuff. And oh, I didn't know that. I, I've heard works of other new degrees coming. Huh. So, um, yeah, and then they, they, you know, they also moved them around, you know, one's the 25th year, now it's the this degree here, you know, so. Yeah, I, uh, I saw the uh, the four chaplains. The first year they had, it was a degree. Uh, you, you, you ever seen the four chaplains degree? I yeah. forget what number it is. I, it's been so long since I've been in Scottish Rite, but I think I remember the first year. I think the Valley of Danville came over and put it on to Scottish Rite Indianapolis. Oh yeah, the Valley of Danville, man, that is a beautiful valley, dude. I haven't been to that one yet. I need to. If I ever go through Danville, I have to stop by and look at it. It is a very tall historical building, and uh, I believe there's a few lodges that meet in there. They got yeah. a couple of uh, true, like, old-school York Rite rooms, you oh, know. Wow. Uh, yeah. What else do they have? Uh, they do have, a like, a Knights Templar chamber reflection there, but I oh, wasn't wow. allowed to see it because I was a Knights Templar. Ah, okay. And um, I got a full tour. I, I've been to Danville maybe four or five times now. Okay. Uh, but it is a absolutely beautiful valley, and the people there are absolutely amazing. So welcoming, dude. So down to earth, and like, you know, the Valley of Chicago is prestigious. It's nice. Everything is brand new, but it also like has um, it has its own persona, you know, of where everything is so top notch, you know, oh, yeah. that it's you. It's not that. Um, I don't even know how to explain it, you know, to put without offending and putting a weird term on it, you know, but <laughs> yeah. Danville is such a more down to earth laid back vibe, Right. but everything's still, you know, it's everything's to the T, the degrees are beautiful. And some of the degrees are done. Uh, I can't say better or different than ours, but like, it's just, you know, it's done differently because we have a stage, like a theater stage for our Scottish, right? Where Danville has, um, they have like a middle open room. It's more of like um, the historic style of Scottish Rite degrees, you okay. know. Of, kind of done in the open air, basically. And 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of like uh, they do it on the floor and in a stage in the center mm-hmm. where it's like more like a C seating where we're like a theater to a stage seating. Yeah, so it's kind of like a Indianapolis guys, right? Have you been to Indianapolis? Exactly like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they use the floor and the stage and everything. Yeah, and so we it. just use yeah, yeah, we just use the stage at our valley. So okay. when I see the floor work and stuff like that, I'm like, oh well, we don't do that because we don't have that, you know. Right, so. Right that part of the ritual and just uh you know the wardrobe and um the regalia the setup all that stuff is i mean dude danville danville has a flaming sword dude it is badass yeah i remember uh, indy had the same thing in the ninth east west i think it is degree yeah they had a flaming sword and everything it kind of woke me up in the middle of a long day Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, a flaming sword. The Scottish Rite degrees have so much, uh, like the symbolism and the characters and the people that are in there, you know. And oh yeah, uh, just the rebuilding and the stories behind them all, man. It is just, it is endless knowledge to learn, and it's so cool. Yeah, I love the Scottish Rite. Yeah, I, I went through both of them, York Rite and Scottish Rite. I'm not active in either one of them. I'm petitioning but... York Rite. Yeah, I have a petition in this bag. <laughs> yeah. I am. I. I'm also. I. I'm going to do the same. Are you? Yeah. Okay. I am. All right. Well, hey, uh, we were talking the other night. Are um, you guys thinking about coming out for that cave degree in Kentucky? Oh, uh, that's an eight-hour drive for y'all boys, ain't it? <laughs> it was. Uh, it's like six and forty minutes or something like that. But I will not doable. be going, brother. I will not be there if you make it. My best friend is getting married. I am a groomsman in the wedding and uh Oh yeah. there you go. So I won't I will not be there. Todd's going well, as an fun. ambassador for the podcast, but yeah. I will not be there. Yeah, well I've always wanted to go to one of the cave degrees and I believe they did one in Iowa like maybe a year or two ago and I heard about it through the grapevine, but I never, like, really looked into it. And then, um, and somewhere in Pennsylvania, the Oklahoma Indian degree team, they went out there and visited and done uh, their degree set up, like, in a cave where people could on look through, like, um, and, dude, from just how they described the degree and then the cave and how it was, I was like, I need to see a Masonic (laughs) cave degree. Yeah, well, that's the closest one I know of from around here. It's, it's tied to going to Tennessee. I think that's in what two weeks. Yes. Yeah, and they got a, that's a big, highly. Uh, there's a lot of people go with that one. I know that. I know they had three hundred yeah. last time. Three hundred or four hundred well, people Kentucky, last time. Uh, Kentucky has like mystical caves, you know, like yeah. the conspiracy theory thing out here. You know, they got like goblins coming out of the caves and all kinds <laughs> of crazy stuff going on over there. So. Yeah. If we're going to do Masonic degrees underneath the ground in caves in Kentucky, I, I want to be part of that. Brock, I got a I got a question for you, and then I, and then I'm going to give you a chance to to say something else here. Uh, you're like me; you like to poke fun and uh, make fun of the conspiracy theories about the fraternity, and because we we all know the truth. Well, <clears throat> what are some of your favorite conspiracy theories about Masons? Because I know you've got to have some favorites because, you know, you're all, you know, like black ops on social media and we do the whole confirmed thing and, you know, uh, we throw the diamonds up, which I love that. That's one of my favorite pictures. Triangle, excuse me. It looks like, makes me think of wrestling, Diamond Dallas Page, Diamond Cutter, Triangle. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's all the same thing. Yeah. yeah. But, like, what are some of your uh, favorite 
funny conspiracy theories about Freemasonry? Well, uh, let's see. Uh, Mine is the goat. I say it in every episode. People, I tell people we ride the goat around the room. That's what we do. Yeah, the goat. The goat was pretty funny. I was kind of bummed that like there wasn't more real actual goat history or like you know you <laughs> see the vintage goats where they have the goats with the wheel and like they used to joke around with the candidates and haze them and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that stuff's kind of funny. So I see where that where it kind of you know it still exists in there and stuff. So. That's cool. Um, the funniest one. Um, oh shoot, dude! Uh, I can't even. There's so many that are just absolutely oh, yeah. wild. My biggest thing right now, dude, is I want to go. I want to start going on to conspiracy podcasts and talk <laughs> about Freeman. <laughs> well, I know a couple of them. You probably know more than I do, of course. But we I should mean, sit down with Joe Rogan because. Uh, you know, as as this topic is starting to become a little more uh, crazier nowadays, you know, we had the Scottish Rite uh, temple that was bombed in Greece. Right. And then we had the brother uh, that was shot outside of his lodge after an installation in Texas. Yeah, yeah, I heard all about that. I didn't and, hear about this. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and then, um, and by people who are claiming to be slaying the Illuminati, you know, right. like... These people are out here murdering people and causing property damage to like good-hearted people that are doing charity more charity for their community than anybody even knows. You know, uh, I seen so a clandestine part- lodge. Uh, I seen a clandestine lodge on social media uh, a few months back, and it was like uh, somewhere down south or something and it was like illuminati lodge number 666 and i'm like please tell me this is all photoshopped like this can't be legit you cannot have the illuminati 666 on the side of a building somewhere let's see i mean i know of multiple lodges that are lodge number 666 but i don't think they're you know they their name isn't like luciferian lodge number 666 or something you know so it's like, even if it is Illuminati Lodge, it could be Illumination Lodge. If someone read that, well, we have Illumination Lodge number five here. We have a Widow Sons chapter called Illuminati. We have an AMD group called the Illuminati AMD. So it's like, good lord. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, there's so many things. Like when people are like, "Oh, is the Illuminati real?" I'm like, "Well, are you talking about the the?" the widow son group or are you talking about this group or are you talking about in germany in 1776 with adam weissup like yeah are you talking that <laughs> illuminati or are you talking and they're like no i'm talking uh you know beyonce and rihanna and i'm like and oh well lebron james know. he's the best player in the league is because the illuminati told him he'd stay that way yeah <laughs> yeah he's still the best player in the league after 20 seasons that's debatable well you know when um they're there are other groups, you know, that these people are members of that gets mistaken as Illuminati or, yeah. you know, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, that's like a weird thing. Um, I did a lot of photography, you know, for a while. And so when I would meet with anybody who, you know, had any slice of fame, you know, my first things were always to, you know, try to get as much information out of them as, you know, 
<laughs> without being crazy about it, you know. Right. As I'm shooting the pictures, you know, I'll I'll ask like, oh, have you heard of this? Have you heard of this? You know, or or I'll just ask people, or you'll see right away, you know, what people want to open up with. And uh, when I would do photo shoots and stuff like that, you'd have a chance to like. Who's you the know, most famous person, Brock? You got to tell us. Who's the most famous person? Dude, I, can't, I couldn't possibly even name drop anybody. Come on. Nobody's going to hear this. Dude. Our show sucks. Nobody's going to hear it. <laughs> okay, tell us this. Tell us this. What did they do for a living? They're famous. What was their profession? Um, music or by far, only musicians are like the, super, the most famous people oh, okay. I've ever done. But I mean, people that are selling concerts at Soldier Field. So... You know, that where the that's that's, that's the, the T Swizzle right there. That's the Taylor Swifts <laughs> of the world right there. That's what that is. I'm saying, yeah, that there's I I've I've shot some concerts there and at, oh, wow. I've almost shot at all the big venues in Chicago, but um those kind of people, man, it's it's there's certain people uh I can uh I was at a concert one time and uh I was doing photography there and uh, I wanted to meet some of the famous people, so I wanted to take their picture. So I set up my photography gear inside their green room, you know, where they hang out before their concerts. Oh, yeah. Good idea. And, well, dude, some of the artists don't like that because they don't know you, and they're coming right. in town, you know. So uh, I usually set up all my lights, and then I'll take uh, photos. Usually there's, like, local musicians that will start the act off, and they'll try to pick people that are local from Chicago to kind of like, hey, bring some people out, you know. Right. And then there's other people that are on like a national touring thing, like where their agents and their marketing teams, you know, they meet with uh, production companies that produce shows and book them and stuff like that, you know. Yep. So we'll get an opportunity to be like, hey, you can get 15 minutes to shoot some shots with this person, blah, blah, blah. And you'll meet like uh, their manager. They'll meet whoever they're touring with some of their friends and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, it's one of those environments where you got to be so like reading the room. And, uh, there was an executive guy from DH one there and it was a rap concert and everybody else is hanging out. And this guy comes in in a suit and tie and is like, Oh wow. Hey man, I want to take my photo with you. Let me get a big handshake and let's get a photo together. You know? And it's like, throw up the diamond cutter. Oh, dude. Well, I'm like, I sit there and watch the artist kick the VH1 guy out of the place and is oh, like, yeah. and, you know, then he looks at me like, well, who are you here with? Are you with him? Or are you with it? And it's like, well, no, I'm actually with here with the the promotion company, the production company that's putting the, the whole thing on. And I'm just, a, you know, I'm just a measly secondhand shooter, you know helping out uh in the background to get you know certain shots that they're that they're looking to get you know I didn't open my mouth I mean. <laughs> well so many uh they'll have uh, so many photographers kind of cover an event you know right. and uh somebody will do stage right stage left somebody will do the fans in the back or if you're doing video you know you'll want to get interactions you'll want to get clips and shots from all over the venue and all kinds of stuff uh but um yeah, it, it, you know, you just got to kind of have a certain presence, you know, when you're kind of doing that stuff. And uh, But my favorite thing, man, was uh, I make these little packs of all the esoteric books that I read. I'll draw the artist and I, like, sketch stuff as I'm in, as I'm reading, you know, or I take notes. Yep. So I have all these, like, 50 of these little sketches of different, like, Manly P. Hall and Albert Pike and, like... 
you know, all these different people throughout uh, Alistair Crawley, you know, all these different people. And um, so I screen print them and uh, I cut them all out onto like paper and I'll put them together in these packs called Mystical Luxorum. Mm -hmm. And it's like uh, it's like a little educational project I do on the side just to educate people on old like esoteric authors from like the early 1900s. But so I'll give them out and uh, to artists all the time. And I, I always bring them in my bat in my camera bag. And um, I'll usually wear like a shirt with like those with that, with like custom art on it. Cause I work for uh, an apparel company. So I do like design work and custom apparel for, tons of different clothing companies and brands and schools and teams and stuff. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, so I'll have access. That's how I made you guys the shirts and stuff and, you know, like doing the logo. It, it's so easy for me and I do it all the time that it's literally nothing for me. It's not that big of you I know? love that shirt. I wore it to our store. I like that shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'll make my own stuff, you know, just like cool things like do what thou will and I'll put like a little Alistair Crawley head on it and I'll wear it to a concert. And, you know, an artist will say something there and be like, well, what do you know about that? And then, well, I'm a Freemason, and I'll go on and on, you know. And then, uh, like I told you guys when we did uh, Hit the Pose, I love getting celebrities to do, like, <laughs> all those stereotypical conspiracy Illuminati photos. Oh, yeah. If I can get a celebrity to cover their one eye or, like, uh, you know, do something funny like that in a photo, um, I, I absolutely feel good because um, – uh, it also does have like a little bit of legitimacy, but so many other photographers and people in the industry have done it before me. Right. You know, I'm just kind of copying it and doing it tongue in cheek as like that whole Illuminati thing, you know, and I just try to perpetuate that myth, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get it out there, I guess? But well, yeah, it's funny, but but then now I'm kind of now I'm to the point where like, well, shoot, I need to start going on to conspiracy podcasts and talk about Masonic charity. He could. It'd be very easily. He probably could. I mean, maybe somebody hear this and want to have you on. <laughs> so I want to. Pick- I, I I listen to all those because, um, like I say, I just uh, work in an office, so I listen to podcasts every day, all day. I listen oh, wow. to every Masonic podcast. I listen to all the conspiracy podcasts. I mean, dude, I listen sports to- podcasts. <laughs> I do not. Well, yeah, only yours, but I don't listen to any other sports podcast at all. I do not like sports, oh. period. <laughs> so uh, that's what I, it is. He's checking out all the episodes we did on non-sports stuff, like when we did Jimmy Hoffa and we did Cooper, yeah. R- Ruby Ridge and Waco right. and yeah. Oklahoma uh, City. Yeah, Oklahoma <laughs> City, dude, was wild. Yeah. You know how I, op- you know, fun fact. I don't really want to talk about steel toes and scoreboards, but I will. You know how I opened that Oklahoma City episode on the other show? Boom. No. <laughs> I opened it with a Timmy with a Timothy McVeigh quote. You know what he said? One of the coldest things I've No. One of the coldest things I've ever heard a human being say. It was basically I don't remember what it was, the quote now. I played an audio clip and it basically it was him saying, okay, the government's got him arrested. He's in jail. He knows he's going to get executed. He's going to die, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They, they say, he's like, they think they've won. They think they got me because they're going to execute me. He said in the coldest, cruelest terms as possible, he said 168 to 1. Meaning he killed 168 people. They're just going to kill him. He won. And I'm like, dude, I played that. And my co-host, who's a, he was just like, Dude, that's wicked. 
that's cold. That's like <laughs> I got chills when he said he's like they think they got me. They think they want in the cruelest term possible, one hundred and sixty-eight to one. That was what McVeigh said. There's, there was other building. There was other choices and targets, and I think you know that one having a daycare and the whole thing. I he I, claims he know. didn't know, but he later Dude, you know he yeah, knew, if he, he knew cased that, that he he was recon in the military. He knew. Yeah, he knew. Uh, yeah. he knew it had a daycare. It didn't matter to him. No, I just know that like from that one thing alone, whatever the story is behind that, that that is. Yeah, that in that line is that represents that tra- tragedy, man. It was, yeah, it's, it's just horrific, man. Yeah, we're gonna do Killdozer eventually. We're doing, we were doing a series. That is even crazier. Dude. That dude is wild. That guy was nuts. <laughs> it's like I know if I ever get mad at the city of Bird's Eye, I need a bull. I need somebody to get me a bulldozer and a welder. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. The crazy thing is, is like nobody even knew, you know, he just put that, he built that thing. He built with his like garage for like a couple of years. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy. Like three years of building that and planning. And then you think after a while you get over it. They're just he like, did, Hey, <laughs> I haven't seen Marvin in a while. I don't know. He quit his job. He's just hanging out in his garage. <laughs> nobody yeah. ever think to go have a beer with him in his garage. See nope. what he's up to. Somebody, just <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That, that's what he did. Oh man. This episode has been awesome. It's been wild. <laughs> Think we ought to put a bow on it, sweetheart? It, it ain't been a straight line. It, uh, yeah, it's getting kind of late for us. Uh, you got to we. I I got to go to the butcher shop and uh, chop up pigs and cattle tomorrow. <laughs> but you got to go work on diesel motors. I got to bore them out. Well, let's uh let's ask Brock the question. The question that we ask at the end of every interview that we do on interview episodes, Brock. Eventually, we're all going to lay down our working tools. Nobody gets out alive. Nope. Happens to everybody. And when people think about you as a Freemason, what do you hope your legacy as a Mason is? What do you hope when people think about you as a Mason, what do you hope that they say? What do you want your legacy to be? There's no right or wrong answer. Um, I hopefully hope that somebody will get to see all of the photography that I do and am going to do in the future for Freemasonry. And I hope just simply that somebody will look at those photos and, um, you know, see what I seen when I took them. And, uh, you know, that's, that's about as good as I, I could, I could hope, man. Awesome. That's said beautifully. Uh, Todd. I do. Oh, what? (laughs) Go ahead, Brock. I didn't mean to cut you off there. (laughs) <laughs> oh no no nothing! I was just gonna say, man. I I do hope that uh, that that uh, somebody can uh, at least uh, look at some of those photos, man. Because I've shot like almost all of the Scottish Rite degrees, fully through all the degrees, and so many installations and stuff for grottos and um, York Rites and everything that. Um, awesome. You know, or like Master Mason's portraits and uh Brock's the B-roll king. All that kind yeah. of stuff. Man. Um, <laughs> He's the B-roll dude, those king. Those photos dude are important dude and uh oh, yeah. yeah, I just hopefully hope people can see those <laughs> man and so Todd, I got something to tell you. You coming out of closet finally? Well, I mean, we, I mean, surprise. And I look fabulous. No you don't. Um So, 3 weeks ago, you and I left Fort Branch right. on a degree, yep. a late-night degree. 
We didn't think it could be late night. We got home after midnight. Yeah. Uh, I got up at five o'clock. Anyways, we called Brock on the way home. We was talking to him. You called Brock. I called Brock. Brock's my homie. You get your own homie. Brock's my homie. Why do you think he's here? Uh, (laughs) Call me whenever. We are. You and I are making a pilgrim to Chicago. Or excuse me, what do you call it? I call it Chicago. You call it Chirac. Chirac. Uh, we are going to go up on a Friday night and stay a Friday and a Saturday and hang out with yeah. the at refreshment boys. And our goal is to hopefully what, be on the podcast. We get to be on their show, <laughs> sitting on camera with them. Yeah, get the makeup out. <laughs> so that's my goal for this season. Hopefully, yeah, we can make I that happen. So bummed, uh, I was bummed we didn't get to do it uh, when we were in Altamont, and we just didn't have enough time. Well, I got on there for a couple seconds. <laughs> you did at the end. I was too busy working the room. and uh, I wanted to do a full show, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to do a time. full show. I want to give you guys a tour, take you guys to Acacia Cemetery. Okay, Show you guys awesome. Masonic Cemetery with the mausoleum. Oh, yeah. Maybe give you guys a tour of our Scottish Rite or our shrine. And um, Oh, man, he know, said a mausoleum. I know it's the... Uh, See the Villa Park Lodge and uh, oh, yeah. all that. You know, maybe we can even uh, book out Manny's and do a trial club recording in the back of Manny's. Hey, there you go. You know how I work a pro wrestling reference in on almost every show I do? Go ahead. This one or Steel Toes and Scoreboards? Yeah. He's talking about a cemetery. I'm thinking of The Undertaker. Of course you are. He's talking about mausoleums. Can, yeah. I, can, I, can I do a fun sidebar for us real fast? You hurry up. There was a show <laughs> when I was a kid. I would have been, I would have been about middle school, so you would have been a few years out of high school. Robert. There was a show on there. Uh, Cemetery? No, 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 no. It was uh, some of the. They usually had three or four stories, and you'd have to figure out what was real and what was fake. It was called. Uh, no idea what you're talking about. It was called Beyond Something. Um. Okay. Beyond belief, fact or fiction? I, I've never heard of it. Okay, this was this was a short. And everybody listening, you can you can hop in your Google machine there. Shout out Conrad Thompson. There you go. Hop in your Google machine, Google this. This was a show. Uh, sometimes it was paranormal, sometimes not. But they'd have a, it was an hour long show. They'd have three or four mini stories, about fifty. It'd be fifteen minute runtime stories, you know. And yeah. you'd have to figure out that at the end of the episode, they'd tell you which of these stories were legitimately proven to be true, and which were fake. Right. There was a story about a young couple. Or I shouldn't say a young couple, an old couple. Okay. The daughter passed away. Okay. Uh, shortly thereafter, the mother passed away. Uh, many believe died of a broken heart, losing their daughter. The family had a mausoleum. Okay. So they buried the mother and daughter in the mausoleum together. Right. right. Okay. Well, stories came out after the mother passed that the mother and daughter didn't always see eye to eye. Well, the caretaker of the cemetery found the mausoleum vandalized one day. Cleaned it up, didn't think nothing about it. Came back three days later, it was vandalized again. But the thing is, it was vandalized on the inside. There was no destruction on the outside this time. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, he's like, I don't know what's going on. Well, this apparently this cemetery caretaker was a paranormal nut. And this is where you and Brock will get excited. So, he had the idea after he cleaned it up. He was going to put flour or powder or something down the floor of this mausoleum. Because they're going to find the footprints. They're going to catch people. Came back the next day. The mausoleum was destroyed again. Not a single footprint found. 
flies. I get it. not a single footprint. <laughs> Wild. So the dad decided to dig. To, no, I shouldn't say dig. Crack open the case. No, no. They moved the mother to a spot across the cemetery. Right. Left the daughter in the mausoleum. It was never destroyed again. And wow. then they proved that story to be it was it was true. It was an old somewhere out in like the plains of the country, somewhere out in the plains. Really? That freaked me out as a kid. So you don't go to mausoleums, hey. huh? So the fact that we're going to mausoleum, I'm down I, for I 100%, it. I one hundred percent I one hundred percent believe in ghosts. I I seen one at Villa Park Lodge. I had a ghost speak into my microphone in a recording I did at my at my Ra- lodge Raven three oh three. There you go. I mean, just in my life, I've seen enough spooky stuff to know, like, there's definitely something going on out there. Oh, yeah. Well, I remember taking pictures of my old laws during a, like a 50-year award or something like that one time. If you're going to tell me and you saw orbs here, the pictures oh, and everything. Orbs don't bother me. If you're going to tell me you saw a face or something. No, I just saw orbs. full-body but... black shadow walking, dude. It oh, was wow. Freaking, it was making noise live on our it's, – it's on one of the at-refreshments. We it's uh the first show we recorded at Villa Park with Carl Hearn. Oh yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. Uh, we all stopped in the middle of the recording, and you can hear us all freak out like, <laughs> "What the hell was that?" And we had to shut the stuff off and do a small investigation because we just had a pizza guy strolling the lodge to deliver a pizza, so we thought maybe somebody else snuck in when he left. <laughs> it was creepy. Yeah, I must not must have missed that one, or I just don't remember it. Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Old school one. That one's from, from years ago. Yeah, but yeah, the mausoleum we have here is uh it's huge, dude. It's bigger than most lodge buildings and it has a full lodge inside of it. Yeah. And it's like two or three stories tall and it has like I don't even know, hundreds of brothers buried inside there. I think I've heard of they do degrees in there once in a while, don't they? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Oh my to- god, we gotta go <laughs> see a degree there. <laughs> Oh, it's epic. It is epic. That would be pretty cool. But dude, one time I went to a degree there, and they did the Subway catering. And, dude, there's something about eating inside of a mausoleum, dude, that I just was like, Don't bro, I'm right. taking that sandwich to go. <laughs> Don't seem right, does it? <laughs> no. This, this has been the best night ever. Oh, yeah, this has been pretty good. <laughs> this is uh, three episodes in to yeah. recording, so we're doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can tell you guys, I cannot wait to listen to season three. I absolutely love your guys' show so much. The first time I heard about you guys is uh, I seen your guys' show pop up on one of the trending Masonic podcasts, and I'm like, wait, I haven't heard of this. And I clicked it. I listened to the first four episodes straight through, all four in one day. And then um, I asked Wes about it, and he's like, dude, they actually added us on Instagram or Facebook a few yeah. days ago. Yep. And then, uh, shoot, then from then on, I was like, oh, man, dude, I, I can't get enough of it. Well, then I was listening to that, that episode you guys were talking about, and all of a sudden it comes up, like, here's a shout to that other Masonic podcast that drives Southern Indiana. I'm like, holy crap, they know who we are. Yeah, <laughs> that's all Todd, too, because Todd's like, uh, these guys are like the best in Masonic podcasting. Most and, fun. And uh, I, hadn't, I hadn't heard of you guys yet. At that time... Todd had finally got me listening to Sonic Podcasts. I listened to three of them in regular rotation. I listened to the the first three knocks. I listened to The Traveling Man with Brother Jim Hall. And then I listened to The Masonic Ring. The Winding Staircase is all right. The guy gets the guy goes on a little bit. 
Juan yeah. is awesome, though, dude. He's but a cool Juan guy. Juan is He's awesome, amazing though. amazing artist, dude. He's oh, a yeah. great artist. Yeah. But Todd's like, you got to check out At Refreshment. And then he's like, they're not for everybody. That's what his exact words are. They're not for everybody. And then I and then I fell in love with it. And then uh, Todd started romancing you guys. And then we started talking. And then uh, Bad Boys of Freemasonry, man. That's right. The Outlaws. For that everyday, every guy Freemason. Yep. And then, uh, what you know, it's funny. You, you brought that up, though, talking about we were trending. When I was on the phone with Wes for like two hours that day, you came over to his house. Wes is like, you know, he goes, I keep checking the Squared magazine. He goes, what bothers me? He goes, what bothers me is you guys aren't even listed on their pages when they talk about Masonic podcasts. And Wes is like, but yet your guys' numbers are doing far better than a lot of people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I just posted out there like, I mean – the very first month we 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 were released, we were only a, we only had a week in the month to go. We had eighty nine downloads in seven days before the month ended. Ever since then, our numbers have not dipped below like three hundred and fifty. We're coming off like back to back to back to months with like four hundred and fifty, five hundred plus. Stellar man, you guys got the burners burning, dude, and you guys are thrusting out, dude. Like I mean, every episode, dude, even like the one you guys were just referring to about. Uh, uh, talking about the ruffians, man. Uh, it, there's something about your guys' show, man. Uh, well, I'm originally from like rural Iowa, so I I'm like from country, country. Hey, Iowa. See, there we go, rednecks yeah, stick so, together. <laughs> there's so yeah, there's a small bit of redneck still in me somewhere that uh, I don't know, man. I just I find listening to your guys' show so soothing and comforting. Like it just reminds me of home, kind of like of. Just that good old boys talking to Freemasonry, man. My life. I <laughs> just like f- listening to it. Yeah, we're just. But being... I, hang on, I got to give one shout out though. Okay. Go for um, it. There is, there is a when um, I have a, a a secret small goat of Masonic podcasting as well, dude. That I got to give some credit to because I probably wouldn't even be a Freemason if it was for this guy. Is Robert Johnson from Whence Came You Masonic Podcast? Yeah, and from the Masonic Roundtable. Yep. That dude is prolific with his Masonic education and knowledge and the stuff he does for our state and all the stuff he does in other states as well. Um, I mean, he's a dude, just a powerhouse of Masonic podcasting him and uh, Eric Diamond. He had a podcast called Ex Oriente and I listened to that Masonic dude. That podcast was probably from like 2007, maybe 2008 maybe Before somewhere podcasting around there become cool dude yeah. it was so old school man and uh like masonic central was another one that started yeah um, the, with about those that three podcasts man i mean dude i started on those and i mean dude i, I listened to them for you know, nine years before I came to a Freemason, every single week i listen <laughs> to those podcasts so. you know one of the thing i think that helps us is uh right now we're the only ones in the state of indiana doing it for now, now yeah. for now, we're not we're not always going to be the only, but we'll always be the first. That's right. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. and, and you guys got a lot of uh, brothers that do a lot of stuff. Um, you know, there's a lot of Indiana brothers that do good education stuff, that travel, that speak, oh, yeah. that write books. Well, our lodge of research up there in, uh, in Abu Dhabi, Dwight L. Smith, Dwight L. Smith Lodge of Research. Got Todd a, and I are going to join that. It's only twenty bucks. Twenty five. So you got it. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're they pretty prolific about yeah. having really good. Movies. That Tyler Whitaker did the uh, that operative 
He's actually operative Mason, operative Mason, and everything. He did a thing on that last time they were met, and then, uh, it, 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 a couple it, guys it from around like there, like uh, the what's the other one, the Midnight Freemasons. Yeah. Uh, you know, there there's a lot of articles that come out that people write. Man, I mean, there's just uh, ever since COVID, dude, like Freemasonry on the internet has just soared. Oh, yeah, there's so much Masonic education at your fingertips. Oh yeah, well, you guys, uh, you guys ever try to get Chris Hodap on your show? We haven't, but dude, you guys, yeah, that's right. That's right yeah, up your guys' alley. He's, he's, he's uh, he's like, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, epic, dude. Yeah, I've met him several times. Uh, once at a lodge over in Elwood, Indiana, Freemasonry for dummies. Yeah, and he yeah. uh, he came up and gave the whole spill up there and hung out afterwards and everything. And me and my buddy, who was master of the lodge at the time, and we probably said there were two hours after the lodge just talking with him, and he just talked to us uh-huh. like we were best friends. and about everything. Yeah, so. I remember his old. Yeah, he did a lot of old Masonic interviews, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, you know what was that like eight or nine years ago? You know, yeah. uh, he was on History Channel. He was everywhere. He doing oh, yeah. all he the was... early podcasts. Well, when the uh, uh, the book came, uh, oh hell, the uh, Solomon, not Solomon's key, but uh, the one you talking about? Uh, yeah, I can't think. I know of what you're talking about. The book it's uh, by Freemasonry, Dan Brown's book. I cannot think of the name of it. Lost Symbol. Iram, oh, I was when thinking that Hiram. came out, he uh, they they that's when the Dummies book came out. I said we gotta jump on this right now and everything. So, oh yeah, and yeah. I wish, I wish they would have made it to a better TV show or movie. If, if you ever watched the Lost Symbol on the, I think it was on Amazon, Peacock or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. It, it. it it just was not done right. After you read the book, it just yeah. It, I couldn't watch it. I tried to. And I'm like, this no. is ridiculous. The, the book was so much better. Yeah, the book was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, did you ever read that? No, like I that. read Angels so and Demons in the Fraternity. Yeah, it was it was an awesome book about the fraternity and everything. It actually put it in a good light. But it was just the the TV show was just done so poorly, I thought. But oh well. Who uh who else is your guys' dream guest, man? Who would you guys love to get on? Well, I tell you, we got Are you uh, talking about like dream guests? Like, we got Hodap. Yeah, like, like your dream Masonic. Like we always joke about Shaq or Brad Paisley, you know, like who would who is your guys' dream guys? Well, because my favorite brand of music has always been the underground, outlaw, anti Nashville, anti mainstream <laughs> country. So Tyler Childers would be one. Yeah. Uh, Hodap's another, which is going to happen. Stoney Larue would be a great one. Stoney Larue is going to be know, good if you know uh, Red Dirt music. But uh, Brad Paisley would be a big one. Uh, Scotty Pippen. I mean, oh, dude, yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah, Man, let's let me see if I can pull that one off. Can't pull it out of my butt. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know something though that uh, I've really wanted to do. Uh, I'm kind of slightly into racing, like racing Hondas or whatever, and yeah. I've kind of been building my own like race car over the last three or four years. And nice. Um, it's a hobby and it's fun. It's whatever. I don't, I, you know, I'll go to a couple autocrosses a year and mm-hmm. you know, if I could go to one track day, you know, that's cool. But other words, I like to go to the track and shoot photos, you know, right, mostly, yeah. but, um, but racing in, uh, Freemasonry dude. And especially in NASCAR, there is so much rich heritage with like team owners oh, and yeah. drivers and, uh, all of that dude that like, you guys have a real opportunity there that, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff when, uh, you know, the Scottish Rite talked about doing a NASCAR, yeah. the Shrine sponsored one. Yeah, um, Sam Horace the, Jr., he, he, he drove that car in NASCAR, the Shriner car. 
and he became a Mason after, you know, because he was so stoked on it, you know. I and think, he did a I podcast. Think he was before that. It, it might have been when he was taught when he was even thinking about it. I heard him on one of uh, maybe the Freemasons podcast um, from uh, Connecticut. And, uh, dude, it was just so cool. I'm like, man, I want to do a racing Freemasonry podcast so bad. Sam Horse probably would be good to have on there. I know that. Who is the country music star I sent you the screenshot of? He uh he sang the national anthem to open WrestleMania this year, oh, and he's a Prince Hall Mason. What is his name? I can't remember. It's not important. I can't either. But there, do you see that during the? Well, you probably just hear WrestleMania, but guy singing the national anthem wearing a square and compass on his chest, right in the middle of SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, WrestleMania. Yep. He had the square and compass, and letter, he was Prince Hall Mason. Yeah, he's Prince Hall, Louisiana, I believe. Oh, that's dude. That's that's. I, I wish more guy's name. Freemasons that had more. Uh, affluent jobs like that yeah would come onto the podcast and like let people ask questions and you know kind of like i guess either like don't we don't want to rub our fame off on freemasonry but i mean right. maybe we need that you know i don't well, know yeah. i mean look at like harry truman and stuff like that and all the presidents stuff like that they you know they used some of the freemason to kind of rub some elbows with people did you guys at Founders Day? Did you guys see the Harry Truman thing? Did they do that there, yes. or was that it? Yeah, I saw it. Uh, Darren was stepped out of the room. I watched it. Jimmy school. Allen was his name. Jimmy Allen, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's a member of our of the Valley of Chicago. Oh, is he? Okay. I think he's a Prince Hall Mason. Let me look and see. It. Oh, I'm not. I'm talking about the guy who does the uh, that uh, Truman thing. Yeah, no. Yeah, I was talking yeah, about the. Uh, yeah, sorry. His name right now. Um, yeah, but it's Truman's grandson is who it is. Well, dude, I seen that because uh, he received his thirty third degree a few years back. Right. And when I was shooting his pictures, uh, I seen on my form of people that I had to take pictures of, and I'm like, "Is this uh, who's this guy?" And they're like, "Oh, he's the the like the great grandson or the grandson of." The guy, I'm like, oh, holy smokes. And then I seen um, he did that presentation or the play at the Valley of Chicago as well. Yeah, he just and, did it in uh, Indianapolis not too long ago, too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I seen that. Yeah, I, we were supposed to go out to Indianapolis to that, to the degree day that they were doing, but right. me and Wes called or we looked on the Indianapolis calendar and it wasn't on there because it was a private event for the uh, Valley of Chicago. So uh, we were okay. like, so we didn't go because we were going to book our own trip and go aside because the Valley wanted you to stay at their hotel and right. take their transit van. And I'm like, well, we'll drive so we can go to the bars and a cigar lounge. And, yeah. <laughs> so I want to be able to have my, my good time, you know, right, yeah. go to the silo and. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But yeah I, he does it all over the country and everything. I'd, uh, oh, it, it's cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, very neat cool presentation and everything. I mean, we, I think we only got a small bit of it before founder, during Founders Day and everything. I don't, I don't think we got the whole thing, but it was really interesting. Yeah, it's to, like a whole theater production. Yeah, it, it's just so cool. And, you know, the, you'll, you'll hear a story. I heard a story years ago about Truman going down to Beach Grove Lodge and everything. And uh, that lodge actually yeah. caught fire like two, three years ago, I think, or two years ago. Oh. The lodge caught fire, and they were really worried about losing all the history and everything. And luckily, they were able to save the building and save all the furniture and everything. Nothing. It, it, I think it a little bit of uh, like one wall was damaged, a lot of smoke damage, but they were able to save everything, I believe. 
And they, they, they just recently uh, started meeting there again. Good, good, so, yeah. yeah. History. Yeah, you always hear that story about Truman coming there, and then you see a guy Absolutely. on TikTok saying, well, yeah, it was his uh, blah, 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 this. And I'm like, no, it was actually his orderly on the presidential yacht who joined, and he was from Beach Grove, blah, blah. And the best like, part oh. of that is you guys aren't coming to this room. We're the Secret Service. We come with you. No, this room is for Masons. Yeah. You're not a master Mason. I'm safe president, Mr. President, we come with you. We accompany you everywhere. It's our job. Uh, <laughs> I can fire your asses, basically. You will not be, you know. Said, I'm safer in there. With them I'm guys safer in this be. room with these brothers than I am with you two at my side. Yeah. Which I was like, that's be. the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, uh, I know a brother who works pretty high up in, uh, well, he's an assistant to somebody up in pretty high up in Illinois politics. Yep. And uh, they, when they do like background screenings and stuff, like with the people they're meeting and stuff, uh, he's like, "Dude, I come across Freemasons all the time, dude." And really, you know, he's friends with me. He's not a Mason, but he always asks me questions about it and tells me like, "Oh man, uh, I seen this guy and this guy, and they were in the Secret Service. Man, they're Masons. Do you know these guys?" I'm like, <laughs> "No, no, I don't know them, but that's cool." Wait, let me ask you this question: You uh, you had an episode one time where you went, you talked about going down to the Ozarks for a bachelor party for your brother. Yeah, it was. What, yeah, whatever was. happened to Grand Lodge, Missouri? Yeah, yeah, whatever happened to that guy who was real interested asking you all the questions there? Did he ever end up joining? Uh, no. Oh, uh-uh. shoot. I was hoping he would join or something like that. Cause what, I wish, dude. Yeah, I wish. Because he's like, oh, come on, you tell me a secret. You tell me a secret. He talked about it all weekend with you, but I always figured he'd get curious and just finally join. But, you know, uh, I I see him every, because uh, my brother lives in, in small town Iowa, mm-hmm. and, uh, like, their town is 200 people, you know, so. Like, they have, like, a small-town lodge vibe, you know, like... Right. uh, So, once I kind of told them about it, and they were like, oh, well, I know this guy, and I think he's a mason, and then they started kind of putting it together, and they're like, well, shoot, actually, I know, like, ten good guys, and they're all masons, you know? And they didn't even know that those guys were masons until after I kind of, you know, brought it to attention, but... (laughs) Man, that was... That was... And the funny thing is, is... As you're telling me that, I was gifted a cane that has two balls yeah. inside of the cane, mounted inside oh, of it. Oh, here we go. And, yeah, uh, I got one of those myself. So, <laughs> Dude, and I was gifted that by a guy who, um, you know, he owned an antique shop and he was a mason. And his dad used this, this cane in Masonic degrees. And then oh, when wow. he passed away, he gave it to his son. And his son had it as part of a Masonic collection. And then when I told him I was a Mason and I gave him that refreshment coin and started talking to him, told him I went to the Grand Lodge, he was like, dude, this cane is destined for you. <laughs> and he gave it to me. It's sitting right here. It's sitting right in front oh, of you yeah. where I'm at now. So, dude, that was uh, – the Grand Lodge of Missouri is so beautiful, dude. And their library, man, oh, yeah. is – oh, my God. It was so beautiful. And they were res- they were doing a huge renovation that's done now. but. Yeah. Oh man, they're building with this. They have this huge um, Order of the Eastern Star stained glass that's like this big circle, and it is beautiful, dude. And the light shines in, and it it, it shines into the whole entryway walk in when you come oh, in. Neat. They have a whole uh, historical library part or uh, like displays you can walk through. 
that the Grand Lodge of Iowa in Cedar Rapids, that yep. is another absolute beautiful building, dude. Beautiful library. It, um, that's like, dude, libraries and books and old Masonic stuff. That is like, that's what really, uh, we have a place here called the Theosophical Society. Okay. And, uh, I joined there in 2012 and it's a, it's more of like an organization studied around studying like world religions and comparative religion and, uh, like metaphysics and that kind of stuff. They put on a lot of lectures and have guest speakers and stuff like that. Oh, cool. Um, they do like all different kinds of cool stuff. Um, well, anyway. But their library, dude, they have, like, more, uh, like, Asian uh, religious texts than, like, most, than almost more than anywhere else in the, in, like, in Chicago area. Oh, wow. Like, their library is, uh, like, on Eastern philosophy and Freemasonry, on Rosicrucianism, on the Theosophical Society and all of their members and the authors. I mean, dude, the library is intense dude oh, wow. if, if that uh, gets you excited boy are you gonna love what we got coming this season yeah oh i can't wait we've man. got we've got an interview scheduled we've got i've got a soft commitment uh we got an interview coming with dr heather calloway at some point for season three now right. she works for uh indiana university you know bloomington go hoosiers baby yep. uh she's mm. in charge of curating a bunch of masonic uh documents and fraternal well any fraternal thing but she deals with a lot of masonry stuff and her husband's a mason museum right uh yeah i think yes 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 exactly i think they closed that down and moved to into iu oh yes yeah because our friend dave hawthorne helped out with that Yeah. yeah You're gonna you're gonna love that. I don't know when yeah. we're doing. I can't I wait, dude. I I hope you. Yeah, I can't even wait, dude. I wish you guys had a video element so she could bring <laughs> some cool stuff. Or you guys put it uh put the photos up on your social media pages, we'll, man. We'll probably so do that. Yeah. Them. We're cool. trying to get we're trying to get video. We're thinking about getting a tripod and one camera to start because uh we're supposed to be doing something at the Schofield House this year, and uh, that's going to be such an an important night for us that we would like to have that on video. So. Uh, the Schofield House for you know you probably, for, for Masons for, that are not from the for, state of Indiana. Yeah, that's where they founded the Grand Lodge of Indiana. Is in a little tavern oh. down in Madison, Indiana. And we're lucky enough. Our Grand Lodge bought that, you know, back in the seventies. I think bought the building and kind of refurbished it, made it into like a little small lodge. And since we're getting such good traffic, and we're the only ones in the state of Indiana that has a Masonic podcast, I did some <laughs> wheeling and dealing, and uh, they're like. You guys want to record at the Schofield House? I right, bet. <laughs> yep. So, That's okay. Yeah, they got a little lodge room set upstairs where they uh, where they actually they still do some to, degrees up there. People can be like, yep. "Hey, we got you know a lodge can contact and be like, hey, we're so and so lodge from this part of the state. We'd like to do a master mason degree here.' No, they can't do master mason degrees in there. Yeah, they can. No, they can't. Only do Fellowcraft Enterprise. Oh, that's right. It's, it's not big enough for a That's right. Degree. You're right. My bad. I forgot. You're right. Yeah, they can't do it. And it's tiny. I mean, it's like. So it's you like know. a historical lodge setup, then, you know, like yeah, how you, and they had, uh, The yeah. lodge there uh, beats under dispensation. It's called Lodge 1818, which is the year our Grand Lodge was founded, 1818. Uh, that is so cool. Yeah. If you ever, you ever get a chance, you know it's it's well worth the trip. You get a lot of history there. Shoot, just bring them all down. We'll we'll do a podcast with them at Schofield House. There we go. That'd be <laughs> cool. <laughs> 
But yeah, we're lucky enough to own that. Actually, actually own the building our grand lodge was founded in, and uh, they have a pilgrimage every year down there. The grandmaster has the pilgrimage, and everybody comes down there and they get a coin and you get to walk uh, through. It's it's a, it's a very very neat place. Yeah. You yeah. say you got Masonic Trotskys. That's that's what's gonna get them there. Oh yeah, yeah. It's usually about probably two three hundred people show up for it. They get to walk through and meet the grandmaster, of course, and shake all the grand line yeah. officers' hands. You know, kiss kiss the babies and shake the hands. And yeah, and it's well, a good shoot. time. So but yeah, we're at the we're at the uh, shoot it. We're gonna not shoot an episode. We're gonna do an episode there, and hopefully, uh, we talked to the grandmaster, and he thinks he might be able to make it to, oh, to not interview him cool. there. So that'd be that'd be really cool. I think. Yeah, well, like, dude, you guys got uh, you guys got the perk of being the only podcast, so you guys get all these, all these great perks, man. Shoot, I, I mean, I wish our, our I mean, our Grand Lodge uh, tolerates us, you know, so um, I can at least appreciate that. So well, the problem with Illinois is such a long state; it takes a long time to get from north to south. So, oh yeah. You know, we're we're pretty fortunate where we have the our grandmasters in in uh, Bloomington, basically like two, an hour and a half away from us. So, if we want to go do a podcast at his house, we could be there an hour and a half. So, so we're we're pretty fortunate that way around here in Indiana. Yeah, heck yeah, yeah man. But yeah, we're really enjoying this, and we're glad you were on tonight. Uh, glad we Jerry tried got wrapping, We tried wrapping it up an hour ago. Oh, I'm like, having too much fun. <laughs> it, it, you know what's gonna happen, right? What? Wes is going to get upset that Brock went longer than him. <laughs> so then when we get Yoshi on, what they're going to do is they're all going to try to one-up each other. Yeah, no, we'll be so eventually we'll, we'll, we'll end up – I think what we'll do is we'll we'll put Marty on as the last one because <laughs> Marty will go like five hours. Yeah, probably. And, I mean, i got enough tape I can roll for five hours. There you go. <laughs> well, how long was Wes? About an hour, hour and – Well, Wes was over an hour, about an hour and a half. Brock's – Encroaching on two hours. Yeah, but Wes oh, also. We are, we are. Yeah, but Wes I was also. Like, we have, we haven't been talking that long, and then I. I yeah. <laughs> but Wes also had to go down for a thing at the grot for the grotto too. That barley and. I oh, okay. barley, yeah. leaf and barley, leaf degree. and barley. Degree. Or he just got back from it, and he was going down for uh, something else. I forget. Where Marty got his big award for uh, hey, of the year, Brock. Yeah. The funniest yeah. part about the whole weekend in Illinois was oh, when we called you guys at the hotel room. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we were recording and it got so carried away and oh, and yeah. expletives were flying and things were being said <laughs> and Todd I didn't care. I was going to release it as a bonus content with a warning like do not listen to this if you're easily offended and Todd's like you got to delete this. You got to delete it. Yeah. So unfortunately you never seen the light of day but the funniest part was when a very drunk, intoxicated Marty <laughs> said that Mark and Yoshi were going to come dressed as cowboys, and Marty's like, cowboys don't like Indians. And it was a joke, and, and I was like, there's no way it's going to happen. No, and we get to the degree the next morning. Nobody dressed like cowboy. And they were dressed as cowboys. Like, oh, my God. I was like, this is, this is, this is why we do this. This is... Of course, and you could tell Mark this. Uh, Mark looked like he should have been riding a little pony up. up yeah, Mark looked Mark. like he should have been riding on like a little pony in front of the the grocery store. <laughs> well, you know, uh, the the cool thing is, is uh, you know, Mark is in Widow Sons as well. So right, you'll see. Uh, and he was also in um, 
uh, he was in the line for the consistory in the Scottish Rite. So you could see him like set up for the 32nd degree full in Knights Templar gear. And then you could see him in dressed as that at the reunion. Then you would see him at the grotto and he's in his like purple suit coat with his fez and the purple tassel. And then you go to like, uh, widow son and then he's wearing like pants and he's got his like biker cut on with the leather jacket and you're like man dude this guy's just got style man same thing with yoshi yoshi's just got style dude so he's always got a really nice bolo tie or he's got a really fancy pair of boots on or you know he's got his really nice cowboy hat so well it was those funny. Dudes, they got uh, the fashion man so when when they get an opportunity to dress up dude uh those guys are definitely them and west are our best dressers oh, yeah, you know yeah well i was west telling is you, best uh, dress for sure you yeah, know that guy I, was, lives in a I was telling yoshi about a bolo tie that he said he got from a Lord, one, brother loy no not that one this is oh. one he got uh from another grotto member oh and I was like, "Well, you know where oh, that?" Yeah. I said, "You know where that came from, don't you?" He goes, "No." I said, "It came from the grotto in Oklahoma." Because one year the grandmother from Oklahoma, and he had those made for the, the grand session out there. He goes, "Oh, I didn't know that." I was like, "Yeah, it was a it, it was a couple about three or four years before I joined the grotto. They had it out there in Oklahoma, and everything. And a couple of yeah. our couple of our guys had them out there in Kokomo. They're fancy, dude. They're oh, good yeah. looking. Yeah, polo they're, time. they're 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 well. He, the the grandmother time had them all made." And everything, yeah. and he—I forget how many he had made, but there wasn't very many of them. And yeah, Wes and Marty travel so much, or uh, and Yoshi too. You know, they go and Mark even too. Oh, they yeah. all—I think Mark was just in Tampa at the Grotto or something crazy like. Probably, yeah. Uh, well, dude, those the, guys travel so much all around the country, you know, and uh, dude, they just meet people, man. They give what? them gifts and they they exchange stuff, and dude, some of the cool cool stuff that uh, uh, also with. Yoshi and uh, Marty, they went and helped the lodge close down. Yeah. Uh, what was the lodge? It was. Um, I think Wes uh, had a video of it, of that lodge. Well, that was Wes's lodge. This was another one. Oh, uh, uh, okay. I can't think of the name of the town. It's where Fallout Boy is from, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like um, Wamet, I think, uh, is where they're from. Okay. And. Uh, so they have a humongous lodge, dude, and they kind of their members are kind of dwindling down. So their um, Yorkite was moving out of that building and going to a different building. And so uh, Marty and all those guys, they're really, really hardcore Yorkite. So oh, yeah. uh, when they were helping move out, they had all this extra stuff, dude, like altars and regalia and all this stuff. And they're like, well, dude, what do we do with all of this, you know? And, dude, just how cool it is the way that they, like, donate stuff to all the different bodies that are missing stuff or the bodies that are up and coming. And, like, just the way that, like, it is sad when a lodge goes down. Yeah. But it's also so positive. Like, you know, keeping that history within the craft and keeping those old altars and the old furniture and keeping it all together so that we can preserve that history. And when the new candidate comes in and can sit in chairs from the 1800s, yep. you know, that's, that's what it's about, you know, and those guys really take a, and Carl Hearn's another guy who uh, they really take that collecting the Masonic history and putting it away and, or putting it into 
uh, another active body so that they can enjoy and yeah, use so those. Use yeah. Well, I know uh, my lodge, my original lodge burned down back in uh, 99, 2000, something like that. And if it hadn't been for the lodges, you know, like that, who had an extra set of pillars or an extra altar, I think we ended up getting a whole set of officer's chairs and everything. And they're like beautiful, you know, big square block chairs. They're just beautifully done and everything. Our lodge probably would never be able to, to function again if it wasn't for something like that. So those lodges that close down and give it, give those things away, save a lot of lodges out there that are still active. I do yeah. know that. Well, and uh, like I was talking about when uh, from I lived in Iowa or whatever, I lived outside of Davenport, okay. and I I remember you talking about uh, Davenport's grotto and how. Uh, you know how big that grotto used to be and oh, dude yeah. they lost their building yeah. and they had a beautiful like huge building and mm. they had a whole park with um like a playground for the kids a whole pavilion where they do outside cookouts and oh, big yeah. events there so yeah, I didn't know you know it's, it. that stuff goes down you know you want to keep anything we can inside those groups you know to oh, just yeah. just save and preserve that as, as best we can well, I know uh, Avalon got up in South Bend. They shut down back in the, I almost say, 06, 05, 06. And we went up, a bunch of guys from our garage, not me personally, went up there and got all their regalia and everything. And we ended up giving it to, I think, uh, Maru Grotto in Terre Haute. Because yeah, they they're trying to they're trying to rebuild back then, and then they ended up, ended up falling apart on them for a while. So, But, uh, but yeah. It, it takes hard work, man. Yeah, it takes your brothers willing to – dedicate the next you know seven years of their life you know to restart an, a lodge and oh, yeah. build that culture yeah it helps when you get like uh like my lodge we just got a group of guys that all went to college together oh yeah that and helps so, out dude it they are like they're so fun to be around and <laughs> when i come up to lodge and they're all just best buddies you know it's like it just makes me feel like I'm part of their buddies, you know, and oh, yeah. even I'm not, you know, but yeah, right. it, them all just going around makes me feel comfortable. And I'm like, dude, this is what builds a lodge right here, you oh, know, yeah. brotherhood. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. All right, Brock. Well, we got to put a bow on this. You're about ready to hit two hours on this. That's okay. He could yeah. go another <laughs> six. I wouldn't care. Yeah. <laughs> we both got to get up at five o'clock in the morning and go to work tomorrow. So. <laughs> yeah i'll keep you guys on here all night yeah probably i can't wait till we can get up there and see you guys yeah, we're shooting either. for october november we'll have to try to map out some dates and yeah. see but we're gonna shoot for october november yep yeah and, dude, but yeah absolutely dude I'm, I'm gonna take that day off dude i want to personally give you guys a tour and take you guys around man yeah, hang awesome. out. yeah we'll, we'll, we'll be when we get a hold of you probably you know a month or so before we decide when, when whenever you guys are recording next also that's a big thing yeah, so, dude, we'll set the recording all based around it, man. Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll set you guys up. Don't you worry. Yeah, let's let us know when you're recording next. We'll try to work it well, out. Well, this this has been awesome, uh, brother Brock. Why don't you introduce yourself to the uh, dedicated listeners? To whatever reason they decide to listen to this show, but uh, introduce yeah, yourself one more time. Listening this long, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is for the hardcore fans. Uh, this is uh, Brock from At Refreshment from Raven Lodge 303 in the great state of Illinois. I wouldn't call it great, but I'm not going to slam the guy for <laughs> No, it was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Brock, thanks for being on again. I really appreciate it. We'll be talking to you soon here in the near future. Absolutely, man. Thank you guys so much for having me, and thank you guys so much for doing your podcast. Hey, right, man, thank you, brother. It. We'll be talking to you soon, Brock. 
Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Have a great night. You All too. Right, Bye-bye. Bye. Well, bro. That was a, a two-hour, 55-second phone call. It's Rock. still not the longest episode we've done. No, Roger's not, still talking. It's still one of the most fun ones we've done. So I've, I've had a fun. Uh, that is a wrap for the first few episodes yeah, of first. season three. Uh, new content it. coming out tomorrow, which, I mean, by the time they hear this, yeah, it'll, yeah, it'll we'll be like four episodes out. Uh, yeah, I can't we, believe you withheld Brock from me. <laughs> I never saw that coming. Nope. <laughs> we were, I was just, he was just texting us while I was texting you Friday <laughs> night about the degree in the, that's uh, why I called him. <laughs> man, that was awesome. That's what popped in my head. I'm like, oh, I got to get it. Well, we got 30 seconds left before we hit the two-hour mark, so how do you want to fill it? Hey, let's just say, you know, hey, everybody, thanks for listening. Download, like, comment, subscribe. Uh, To talk about that for just a second. You got 30 seconds, hurry up. We keep – we're going to run over 30 now. But uh, (laughs) I don't want it to sound like every episode so far to start the season has us been bragging, but I feel like we've earned the right to – to not brag, but to to share our success because what started out as just something we didn't think was going to get any attention. And hey, we you know has got attention, and it's not because of us; it's because of the content and well, the people that we are talking to, and they have liked what we've done, so it's made more people want to talk to us. Right. And yeah. I think when we when we when we changed formulas from season one to two, we were like, hey. Let's start doing more interviews. Let's yeah. get these stories on tape. Right. And I think it was a good, was a good idea there. It's a good idea now. But, you know, that was all your idea. That's people you. People don't want to listen to those two guys talk about masonry all the time. I mean, it's fun and everything is great, but they want opinions outside of us. You know, they want, they want to hear you guys' stories. How they join lodge? Why they join lodge? What kept it coming back? Which is lodge? why three quarters of the content from last season and this season are all going to be interviews, with right. a quarter of it being just us. Which you know, we could talk to our blue to face about masonry, about our opinions of it, what we think of it. But let's talk to other people. We'll about get it. we'll get boring real quick because we're we're nowhere near the Basak scholars that so many people are. I don't know. According to Brock, we're part of Esoteric. That Ruffians episode, that's been the best thing we've laid to tape. And that's slowly climbing the ranks into our top five episodes. I was scared of us putting that out. That episode's only been out a month and a half, two months, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And it's already well over 100 downloads. Oh, I'm sure. But I was so scared that we were giving away too much, too much of the secret. And he's like, I don't think you guys gave away enough. Yeah, which I'm like, man. I was afraid to uh, oh, Graham Master calls now. We need to talk about this. Yeah, you need to take this one down. We support everything you guys do, but you need to take this one yeah, down. But nothing. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> no. All right. So, what an exciting first round of recording yep, sessions. And we got more to come. We've got so much more great content to come over the next month, month and a half of yep. season three. We just got to book them. We just got to book them. All right, bro. Five o'clock comes early. Oh, shit. <laughs> Peace, love, and nugent. Yep. For Brother Todd. And for Brother Jared. This has been another episode of that other Masonic podcast. Peace. Peace.